What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 53, presented by the Barroom Network. It is the home of your completely unlocked and ready-to-go National Hockey League. My name is Vinny Parisi, and there are only nine days till the Major League Baseball season is ready, so I am just double the fun. And this right here, this is Joey Parisi, and he's wearing a hat that represents two guys going hunting. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he is just ready to root on the only number one seed that didn't bust everyone's bracket, the Kansas Jayhawk. Frank, I'll start with you. What's up? Not much. I'm rocking a new drink for the podcast today. Ooh. 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 Give a little analysis on that. What is it? It's some zero sugar white cherry Powerade. Um Zero calories, zero sugar. I've been liking a lot of the zero sugar drinks, so I figured I'd try. I love the white cherry Gatorade. It's probably my. Yeah, favorite. I was gonna say that's white like the glacier freeze. Uh... Yeah. So I mm-hmm. had to give it a whirl. I, I've had it a couple times, I think, but not for a while, and I really enjoy it. And I said, "Why not debut it on the show?" All there right. you go. Joe, what's going on with you? What are you drinking, pal? I actually kind of forgot it a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I have a little bit of this, uh, you know, old, old faithful. The Dr. Dr. Pepper, the cream soda, though. The cream soda, Dr. Pepper, is a must. There you go. How about you? I have my Red Bull, of course. I like having Red Bull on the show. It keeps me going. It keeps me jittery. I'm ready to rock and roll, talk some hockey. Um, We got a comment here from Miss Caitlin Henley saying, Blue Powerade is king. What do we think of Blue Powerade? I got some research. (laughs) I think the problem with Blue Powerade for me is uh, it was overdone. I used to drink it almost every day because we have it on Fountain at my work. So it's like I'm just I'm out on Blue Powerade. <laughs> and according to Miss Caitlin, off the record, I'm going to expose her here. The Sonic Blue Powerade is an S-tier Blue Powerade, according to the Blue Powerade aficionados out there. What's well, your reaction there you to that? Gatorade uh, me, bitch. I, uh, I'm not going to argue against that because I, I used to make it. Here's what I used to do. I used to do uh, – I used to fill it. Whatever this is, is about to be fat. That's just what I know. <laughs> and you, you hit an extra shot. You could do an extra shot of just the syrup. So you throw an extra shot of just the syrup. So it's like extra sweet. All right. So when we roll through your Sonic, you're going to be doing that for her because I'm sure she's referred to it in person as the nectar of the gods. So Blue Powerade, Blue Powerade, big fans of that on this podcast. There's no doubt about it. Uh, really quick, do you have a reaction to that comment? It's the Sonic Ice. Yeah, I hate Sonic Ice. It's overrated. People who like it are uh, are crazy. I don't... <laughs> yeah, wow. You're gonna get some. You're gonna get some. The only later. The only thing that it's good for, I'll admit, and I've done this before. You've seen me do this before. Is if you have a party and you fill up coolers with it. Because it's so small, it, it's there's more surface area making contact with the drinks. I mean, that's just science, but that is just that's good science. I like science because the um, smaller they, little cubes or smaller little little chunks. You're telling like, me that Sonic Ice it'll keep my Coca Cola colder in the summer cooler. It, it is it is the best for a cooler full of drinks. Yes. All right, I like to hear that. Um, you know. I, as much as I love deep diving into the analysis of these drinks, we could get into that a little bit later in the show. But first, we're going to talk about our teams, all of which have made us miserable in the last 48 hours-ish, I would say. Eh, maybe a little longer than that for me. They haven't played in a couple of days. But we're going to talk about our favorite hockey teams in period number one. 
That was one of the rather rather quicker little intros. Only we didn't even hit the five minute mark, yeah. and we're already on period number one. Quick warm ups, huh? Quick warm ups. We're diving right into this shit because I have a feeling there are a couple other periods that'll go a little long. So, you know, gonna dive right into it. And the thing I was gonna start with is some, probably the biggest story of 2022 so far, I would say, in pop culture. But I wanted to actually really touch on that in period three when we're having some fun. So I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's going to be a slapping good time. But first, I want to talk about our favorite teams. And of course, a popular demographic of our following is from the Chicagoland area. So I think it's only fitting that we talk about the Chicago Blackhawks post-trade deadline Chicago Blackhawks. Frank, let's start with that game against Buffalo. What the hell is going on with this team? It was just a, a mental collapse. Um, I mean, you just you go up 4-0 against the Buffalo Sabres. We're on paper. You're supposed to be better than them. Um, they were a heavy favorite going into that game, which I was kind of surprised because both teams I, got the I same record. Yeah. Um, right around the same record, I should say. Mm-hmm. But you end up blowing a 4-0 lead. It was just a m- defensive collapse and a big reason and why I mentioned last week why I'm kind of worried about the Blackhawks goaltending situation going forward. I'm not going to blame the whole game on just goaltending, but it's definitely something to keep in the back of their minds. And it was just painful to watch. And then you lose with 12 seconds to go in the third period. You don't even get a point out of it, which this late in the season doesn't really matter for the Blackhawks about getting a point or whatnot, but it's just, it was despicable to watch. I like that word despicable. Good word. When so- oh, someone drops despicable, there are some words that are just more like powerful than others. Like the word toxic. If you call someone toxic, like fuck that person. If something's despicable, fuck that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like there are just some words like like when your parents, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. If someone's disappointed in you, that hurts. Blackhawks being despicable by Frankie of all people who still think they're winning the cup in 2014, probably like, you know, holy crap. Despicable. Sorry to interrupt you, Joe. No, I, I love it. I love that he just dropped the word despicable. I mean, I don't ever want to have to call the bees despicable. You probably way. will in your life. Um, but uh, you mentioned the goaltending, Frank, and I, I think I asked after the deadline if they were going to go with Delia and Lankinen, and it, is that the case? Because you guys I told me it no. was not going to be. I, I heard before the first game after the trade deadline that it was going to be Soderblom, but they ended up going with Delia. So I was kind of surprised. And I was going to I was at the game. game. Yeah. I was at a game that Soderblom started. Yeah. I know, I but I, when I, game I went against the Columbus Blue Jackets, like Soderblom was in net. When I said that last week, though, the reason I, I assumed it would be Delia is because on, on Cat Friendly, they had Soderblom in the AHL, you know, salary thing. And then up atop, it was Delia and Lincoln. So I figured, okay, that's that's active NHL rosters that have been submitted or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, but yeah, the goaltending is scarce. Like, Lincoln ain't the guy. Delia's not the guy. And you figure because, um, like, Soderblom doesn't have as much NHL experience that Delia does. So why not play him in these meaningless games? Give him some NHL experience. Um, I was kind of surprised by that. Was Lincoln hurt, though? That that was this year? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was out. There was a point had, where it was Mark Andre Fleury and Soderblom. Then I think he had COVID or something. He was out the, for an extended period. Now of time. that I think about it, Lankinen was probably not on the roster when Soderblom started that game. I was at against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Actually, that might be what played a trick on my brain because maybe it would have been. I don't know. Then why wouldn't it have been Delia then though? Either like I, I have no idea. 
I mean, it doesn't. It if it's a short period of time, it makes sense to give a guy a call up, um, especially on a team twenty five points out of the playoffs. Exactly, give him the NHL experience. But I don't know. I, I kind of like that Soderblom staying in in uh, in Rockford because like you don't want to ruin a young kid's development or young guy's development by having him come up and just getting shelled every game. I like let him play in Rockford and have a chance to actually like, you know win some hockey games, play on a competitive team. But um, this is like I I will be honest. I didn't see much of the Buffalo game. Uh, I saw the way it ended on that that atrocious overtime goal. Completely lucky, shatters not the stick overtime. off. Or, the, or no, it, it wasn't even overtime. Yeah, with like twelve, it was pretty much overtime uh, under the last minute remaining. But um, off the broken stick, off the boards, right off Lankinen's right skating in. Like you just can't get any more unlucky than that, especially after blowing the four goal lead. But this game right here is the game I really wanted to talk about, and that's that Vegas game. You know, they had a lead in that game. Uh, John Taves had just scored. Uh, and I texted Vinny or me and Vinny were talking about how, like, Vegas, I'm kind of out on Vegas. Like, I don't think they have a chance to make the playoffs. I really still am kind of sticking to that. I'm, I think that Vegas is really in a predicament here. But uh, then they came back and, you know, Vegas did Vegas. But I don't know. I, I agree. It kind of comes down to goaltending. Yeah, they had a couple of good games against uh, Anaheim and, and Los Angeles. But I don't know. It's going to be a tough, long stretch for the Blackhawks. In both games, they had a big lead, three goals or more, let the other team tie it, retook the lead, then blew that. Yeah. Yeah, so I was kind of su- I was kind of surprised that uh their first two games after the tread trade deadline, they come out swinging and they get yeah, two wins right off the uh, bat. I'm, I'm like, are you kidding? You <laughs> trade away your guys and now you're two and oh, and then chance to technically go four and oh. They could have went four and oh in the past week. Um, but yeah, it was just bad goaltending all around. Are we all in agreement? Delia, he's okay, right? Like he's an age, he's a fringe NHL AHL guy. He'll probably be up and down for the rest of his career, which all of us would sign up to do, right? Like go from the AHL to the NHL whenever we want. Like he's living the dream. Nothing against him personally. He's, you know, he's a good player. But I think we all agree that Soderblom, even though I, I personally don't think either of them are the answer long term, Soderblom probably has the slightly higher ceiling, right? Yeah, I would agree. Just because I've seen more of Delia in his NHL career, because yeah. I've watched every game that Delia's played in with the Blackhawks. But Soderblom, he's kind of like we don't know what to expect from him. He's young, so yeah, he's got the higher ceiling of the two. And so yeah. you let, I would let that guy stay in the AHL then. Personally, I don't. I don't know Rockford's record. I don't think are they terrible or are they? You know, I'm not too certain on that. But you know. You never know when it comes to the Calder Cup playoffs. Those are valuable games, too. So, you know, I would let him stay in the AHL for sure. I know, I'm pulling up, pull up the AHL standings. In the Central Division, you got the Chicago Wolves, like, leading. Oh, I knew out. the Wolves were good. Heavy margin. Holy fuck. The Wolves are the uh, Hurricanes farm system, and they also have players from Florida. They're, like, splitting them until they get 32 teams figured out. So, you know, because with Seattle and Vegas coming to the NHL, they had to, like, you know, add extra teams to the AHL, too. And they haven't truly figured it out yet. And where are Florida and Carolina in terms of organizations? They're both really solid right now. So I'm not too surprised that the Chicago Wolves are good at all. Like, all those Hurricanes prospects are amazing. Florida has some really good ones. So them being really good, zero shock to me on that. Not even necessarily good. They are seven points in the lead. For the president's trophy yeah that's crazy wow like they're they are, the chicago wolves are killing it so if you're a fan of local hockey in general i mean yeah i know they're not the blackhawks farm team but i mean head over to 
the Allstate Arena is watch some good hockey over in but Chicago. In the not only are is. they they're not only not the Blackhawks, they're not a rival of theirs anymore either, though. Like it was hard. So, yeah. It was hard for Chicago and a lot of Chicagoans to root for the Wolves at one point when they were like feeding the Vancouver Canucks or the St. Louis Blues, like two teams that the Hawks had to play in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I think we went to a Wolves Calder Cup final game a couple years ago against who? The Charlotte Checkers, who were the Carolina Hurricanes team at the time. So you know, I would go to another Calder Cup game, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, uh, I, but I don't know how the playoffs line up. It, it's if I were to guess based off this, it's the top four in each division, I believe. Is that really how it does it in the I AHL? Think so. Well, then the Rockford Ice Hogs are in a playoff position right now by two points. There you go. They are twenty eight, twenty four, and four. I remember and the Ice Hogs game I went to. I really enjoyed it. I really like. Oh yeah, they're fun. They're the really fun. Um, they got shut out, which kind of sucks. Because I think that was like the only Ice Hogs game I've ever been to. I haven't even seen them score a goal. It was with us. Yeah, it was with uh, you and your uncle. And it went to overtime 0-0. Yeah, and they lost. And I was just yeah. Oh, yeah. And me and Vinny used to always joke that every time we go, like there's never goals. Every yeah, time we cool. go to an AHL game. And that's yeah, the it, cup final, obviously. Yeah. I bought but a yeah, they are in a stadium. Yeah. I, I, those bucks, they, yeah, I think uh, the Ice Hogs is very cool. Cool get up. I like everything about them. Their logos. Their... I have a shirt somewhere too. Yeah. So does Vinny. Vinny has a. Uh... Go ahead, Vinny. Vinny Henestrosa. Yeah. Uh, Joe, where were the uh, Utica Comets? They got to be up there. I know they're having a sick year. Like a really. Um, good you know. Year. You know what division they are? Uh, I believe it's the Northeast. But I'm not. Oh yeah, they're 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 in. They're the next team up for that President Trophy at 83. Yeah, the Wolves have 90 points. They are they are destroying their division though. I know. The Devils prospects have been amazing. Alexander Holtz, uh, you know, they had some of these goalies down there. Uh, they're awesome. Kevin Ball, um, Riley Walsh, just some outstanding players down there in the Utica Comets, New Jersey Devils organization. Some of those players will be on the Devils next season. So it'll be interesting to see if they're able to take a leap forward. But I want to get back to the Blackhawks. Seth Jones is probably one of the more intriguing players in the NHL for me. I believe there are five or six defensemen who are in what I would call S tier. Okay. And I'm talking Kale McCarr, Victor Hedman, Charlie McAvoy, Adam Fox. And let me tell you something, Charlie McAvoy, have you looked at his advanced statistics? He's He's better than Fox. He's better than Fox, but he doesn't score as many goals. And he probably never will. It's Drew Doughty versus Duncan Keith. Who would you rather have in their prime? It's a toss-up. Some people would say Keith. Some people would say Dowdy. They both were number ones on multiple Stanley Cup teams. So, you know, those guys are like the S tier. Then, like, 6 through 20 best defensemen in the NHL could really go in any order in any year. Uh, I think Dougie Hamilton's in that mix. Someone um, you forgot to mention, Roman Yossi is, a, is like oh, a top guy for, for the Norris right now. He's my, he's my vote. He's yeah, my winner he's... right now. I can't believe I forgot. He might have 100 points. Yeah, he's having an unreal year. Yeah, he's probably having the best offensive defenseman season in a really long time. So, yeah, he's an S-tier too. But, like, 6 through 20-ish, I would say, those guys can be shuffled in any order. And Seth Jones is in that mix, in my opinion. Yeah, he started the year a little rough. So did the whole team. Uh, New team, new system. Then new coach, new system a month into it. He makes – he's 
going to start making a lot of money starting next year. People talk about the $9.5 million cap hit. That doesn't actually start till next year. He's still on the last year of his Columbus deal this year. Um, I'm not sure how that contract is going to age, but right now he's awesome. And he's really been one of the bright spots on the Chicago Blackhawks team, Frank. Yeah, you know, I like what I've been seeing from him from all, on offense and on defense. And as a Blackhawks fan, we haven't seen production from a defenseman in this franchise since Keith in 2016-17. Keith was the last, his last season of getting at least, right now Seth Jones has 45 points. The last time Keith got 45 points was in 2016-2017. And the last time Seabrook got points was in 20, 45 plus points was in 2015, 16. So we haven't seen a top defenseman in this franchise perform like Seth Jones has in the past five or six years. So I've loved what I've been seeing from him. Um, and I can't wait to see how the future with the Blackhawks goes with him. Absolutely. Uh, Joe, do you have thoughts on Seth Jones? Cause there's one little note I wanted to get to on Jones before we move on with the rest of the Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, if there's any, like, bright spots to, to look at from this season, it's the first year of Seth Jones with the Blackhawks. Like, obviously, you got Patrick Kane's having a phenomenal year, regardless of what anyone says. The Brinkett's, you know, career year in goals, potentially. Or has he hit that yet? How many goals does he have? Uh, he's 39. 40. He's got, he's got 30, 38 goals. So, what does he have? 41. Is 41 his career or 40? I think he had 41 that uh... – yeah either way he's looking he's looking for a career year in goals so that's a bright spot but then you have to lump seth jones year his first year at the blackhawks right in with that i think it's been you know one of the few bright spots of this season yes i love seth jones i think he's amazing uh big body hard to move plays oh pretty good d i think he makes most of his money and his ability to move the puck of course um he's not going to be out there necessarily always killing penalties i know he can but you know you'd probably rather someone they, they need more help on the defensive side of things, I would say. But Seth Jones, if they trade Patrick Kane, I think they try to trade him. I, I do believe that it's hard to have a $9 million guy for eight years on a team that's rebuilding, especially a kid who is no longer 20. What is Seth Jones now? 26, 27. So that contract is going to take him pretty much out of his prime. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all these guys move after the 27. year. Yeah, so, I mean, he's going to be in his late 30s by the time the contract is up, or mid-30s, I guess. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. He's a good player, and he's definitely having a better year this year than his last two with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And speaking of people who have had a little comeback, not comeback, but a resurgence, I guess you could say, since coming to the Chicago Blackhawks organization, Taylor Radish, he's been outstanding with the Chicago Blackhawks. I was pro trade Hagel. I took a lot of crap for it. The Windy City commenters were not happy with me. I don't really give a crap because Brandon Hagel's ceiling is this year. What he's doing this year is his ceiling. Some guys, some guys, they're just like that. Like what was Boland's ceiling? What was Froelich's ceiling? A really good third liner. That's what Hagel is. People think that Hagel's the next to bring it. I'm sorry. I think Radish's ceiling is higher. He was a high pick in the draft for a reason. He's got more skill than Hagel, and they got an additional two first-round picks on top of it. And this Kachuk, I, I feel like I'm sneezing. Kachuk. God bless <laughs> <Bless you. laughs> um, Joe, what are your thoughts on Taylor Radish? He's besides the fact that he's awesome. 
I mean, he's been awesome to say the least, you know, playing in a, uh, getting power play time. I don't know how much power play time he was getting over in Tampa. Probably none at all. None. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's obviously paying dividends for him right now. And I don't, I don't know much about him other than like, you know, if he's doing this right now, if he's 24 years old, I just looked. And in case you're wondering, he was drafted in the second round, uh, 58th overall in 2016 by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, you know, it's not uncommon for those, you know, first, obviously first, but second, even third round guys to, you know, develop into some very skilled and useful NHL players. And hopefully that's what the Hawks are able to get out of him. And so far they're off to the right track. Frank? Yeah, I think Radish meshes very well in this Blackhawks lineup compared to how he was, how he fit in in Tampa, just because he has more opportunities here. I mean, he's already almost halfway to the amount of points he had with um, Tampa right now with the Hawks. He's had, he has five points with the Hawks. He had 12 points with Tampa Bay, but he had 12 points in 53 games. He's almost halfway there in 47 less games with the Blackhawks just because the Blackhawks are giving him more opportunities. He started on the first-line power play in a lot of his games when the Hawks go to the PP. So, I mean, I love what I'm seeing from this kid. I talk high about this kid, and I cannot wait to see what his ceiling is going forward. Literally right after our show ended last week, uh, some notes on words made by Jonathan Taves came out. And he told the athletic reporter that, you know, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was along the lines of, I'm not so certain about being on a rebuilding team. Early in my career, you never pictured pictured yourself playing for another team in the future. But now that that now that is something that's crossing my mind, Frank. I know you're a big Jonathan Taves guy, but he doesn't sound too optimistic about rebuilding like this team is going to do, and that could provide a rather toxic, you know, thing inside of a clubhouse if a guy's not fully invested in what his team is doing. So I got to ask you, like, would you rather see your guy end his career happily somewhere else, or bitching and moaning on a team that you like? I don't know. I'm kind of a selfish when it comes to that. Um, just because <laughs> I love him so much. He's my favorite NHL player of all time. So yeah. it, it would break my heart to for him to leave the organization. So, of course, I'm going to say I want him to stay with the Blackhawks. When I heard his comments at first, it was – I kind of took it a different way than people were taking. I don't know if that's because I was being biased and I want him to stay. But it almost sounded like, yeah, he never pictured him playing for a different team. But I don't know if he meant by that was like – he doesn't think like, oh, Kyle Davidson might want to move me. Like maybe Jonathan Taves never thought like a general manager would want to move him. Um, so I don't know if necessarily like he wanted to get out of there or he never thought the idea of him being traded would be brought up um, in the modern day era. But I want to see him stay. Um, I hope he stays just because I love him as a player. He's a great player in my eyes. He was a great player. Top 100 players of all time. Um so, yeah, I, I want to see him stay and play for my franchise, and I want him to retire a Blackhawk. JP? Yeah, obviously, like, when like Frank, you're one of the biggest diehard Blackhawks fans that, you know, I know. And uh, and I'm the same way, you know, in terms of the Bruins. Like, it's, it sucks to see those guys go, but I think it, it only makes sense that he goes and, you know, finishes out his career somewhere else, uh, and, and try obviously make that chase for one last Stanley Cup. I know he's got three already, but you never have too many when it comes to that. I mean, look at Flyers fans saying bye to Giroux. I have to say bye to Zidane Try. You never know. 
what the future holds for Patrice Bergeron. Ben, you said bye to many of your favorite doubles. Patrick Elliott, I mean, Patrick Elliott's retired there, but, you know, even probably saying bye to Travis Zajac, guys like that were, were tough. Martin Brodeur, you saw him play in a St. Louis Blues jersey. So just things like that, it, it happens around the league. It happens with great players. So just something you got to be ready for. It's part of the business. Um, it's very rare that guys just play their whole career with one team. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the few, like Ken Danico, played his whole career with the Devils, but that was he retired in 03, so I was, you know, what, five? I, I'm, one thing I'm very happy about is I didn't have to watch the Bruins, because don't get me wrong, I loved Tim Thomas. Loved him. He's what got me into, you know, being a Bruins fan, and I watched him play in Florida. I watched him play a few games in Dallas. It was It was weird, but it wasn't like, I'm so happy I didn't have to watch the Boston Bruins play against Tuka Rask in my in my life. Yeah, that's nice. I feel the same way about like Paul Konerko. Paul Konerko never played against mm-hmm. the White Sox late in his career, which was nice. Uh, Frank Thomas did, but I think uh, Frank Thomas was better. But Paul Konerko was more, um, what's the word? He's more of a fan fave. I don't know. He just they they won with Paul as one of the best players. So I understand that from a Taves point of view, they won with him as one of the best players. Um, I do believe the Hawks could move Taves if they retained portion of his contract, a team that could need penalty killing face-offs, maybe a player resurgent by putting on a new sweater on a team. That's good. He could provide more offense. I do believe that there are ways to move Taves for one year. He's got one year left on his deal. It's I was going to say, especially low risk, high reward trade, especially like at next year's deadline when it's his expiring contract year. Yeah. You if you go if you move him, you get at least some assets and you retain, let's say, 50 percent. So you're holding on five point two five mil like that. That could easily happen. I'll address Aldo's comment here. What is Taves trade value? I'll ask each of you what's Taves's trade value. Now, pretend it's a foregone conclusion. He's gone. All right. Just put yourself in that world. What's his trade value in the summer? Let's say the draft or, and what's his trade value at the deadline of next year. And you know, if it's the, if it's the same in your brain, you could say that too. For me, they're different, but Joe, I'll start oh, with you on that. I was going to say, it depends when the trade happens. Cause to me, they're completely different. Yeah. If I'll start at the trade deadline, because that's where you're going to overpay for guys. Um, for Jonathan Taves, I would say a high end prospect, you can high end prospect and, and the second round pick at best. I'm not seeing a first round pick even at the deadline. And then just a little less than that uh, over the summer, probably, you know, a couple prospects and uh second round pick maybe. I, I just don't see a team giving up a first for this guy. Frank? I kind of agree with, with Joey. Um, during the offseason, you could probably get a couple prospects for him and maybe a draft, but maybe a second rounder over the summer. But during the trade deadline, I do think they could get a first round draft pick and a high on high end prospect um, just because of his name and what he's done. And they know what he's going to bring to a potential playoff Stanley cup contending team. So I wouldn't be shocked if they did get it like a first round and a high prospect for him at the trade deadline. Yeah. So I'm thinking summer mid tier level prospect and a second round pick. It's a 40 point max guy with a year left on his deal with recent health issues. To say the least, he hasn't had the best attitude at any point this season. He always seems angry so far this season. And it's not the typical Captain Serious stuff that we're used to either. He just kind of seems like a – he just seems a little, like, run down. Like, I, I just hope he comes into next season regardless of what sweater he's wearing. Obviously, it would be nice to see him wearing a Blackhawk sweater as somebody from Chicago. But 
if he's angry and bitter, like, you know, if it will revive his career playing with someone up somewhere else, I'd rather see that. But if they were to move him at the deadline of next year, I actually like the idea of a conditional pick. Um, the pick for Mark Andre Fleury that the Minnesota Wild gave up is genius. Um, let's say a team needs a second line center. Uh, the Bruins would be a great fit for Taves. I know Joey probably disagrees if they can afford him. But let's say they give up a second round pick. But if you make it to the Stanley Cup final and Taves is top five forward on your team in ice time, then, you know, that pick becomes a first round pick. I know the Duncan Keith pick that the Edmonton Oilers gave the Blackhawks with Caleb Jones. It's a third round pick, but if Edmonton makes it to the Stanley cup final and Keith is top four on their defense in ice time, that third round pick becomes a second round pick. So like Blackhawks fans are hardcore rooting for a wild versus Oilers Western conference finals. Um, something like that I, I think would work for me for Taves. Uh, a third round pick that could become a second round pick if Taves, if your team makes it to the conference finals and Taves has at least 10 points in the playoffs. Like, you know, something like that I think is how that could go with Taves if they decide to move him. Go ahead. No, I was going to just address uh, Drive Secure's comment here. He has a question, can the Hawks eat salary? Is there some kind of rule? about that so many only so many you can do i believe there's no rule i mean maybe there is a max rule but i've never seen it come into play right now the hawks are currently retaining 750k still on ali mata for the remainder of this year and 3.5 mil of mark andre Fleury, obviously but there i don't think there's any rule on how like a max of retained salary uh that involves in a trade you never really see a game oh, and, 50%. unless no, unless so, unless I don't know if he meant retained as a team or retained on one salary. Because yes, the the maximum is fifty percent for a salary for one player. Oh no, yeah, I think for one one player it's fifty percent. The whole team is nothing. I thought that's yeah. what he meant, like fifty percent. He was yeah. trying oh, to okay. So like, oh. if you retained half of Taves's ten point five million, I'm not a math guy. Is that five point two five million is the max yeah. you can retain? And I think a Colorado Avalanche, a Boston Bruins, a New York Rangers would pay Taves five and a half for the playoffs. I do. Oh yeah, that would have been sick, actually. Yeah, I really, really do. So, and here's the thing, though: Hawks retain on Taves, you get more in return. That's also something that comes. Oh yeah, because then hey, it's like you're getting we'll a rental player for five minutes. Exactly, exactly. We'll take this prospect off your hands if you retain, or if you're willing to let us retain fifty, or if you need us to retain fifty percent, you know, or we'll let you take Taves' entire ten million off the books, but you can keep that fifth round pick. You know what I'm saying? Like there are all sorts of ways to negotiate this stuff. And I know it's all hypothetical right now, but Taves just seems disinterested. Uh, I'm sorry to say, I never thought it would come down to this. And like I said, it's not the typical captain serious stuff, but Hey, we all want the Blackhawks to win. I think it'd be good for this show. It'd be good for all of our fandom. I think all of our hockey love on this show, the Blackhawks are a big part of it, even if they're not our favorite team in the case of Joey and I, but, hey, we'll see what happens. I think we're a long way away from them truly contending, I think. And we'll wrap up the Hawks with this. Do you think, Frank, that everything they decide to do 
is with <laughs> Jonathan Tate or with what Patrick Kane does. We'll address Luigi really quick. How cute is that? Wait, what'd you say? Because I was Joey. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, I got an unwanted visitor. I you know. Distracted I'm me. I'm sorry. It's his fault. Say that oh. again, Ben. Hashtag blame Luigi. Do you agree with me that everything that they do, whether it be trying to trade Jones, trying to trade Kane, trying to trade Debrinket, all guys who are in different situations, but it all comes down to what does Patrick Kane want to do? Yeah, I think um, a big factor in all this is going to be what Kane wants to do. I think that he's a big part of this organization. He has a lot of pull um, as to what goes on. And, I, yeah, I agree with you. Joseph? <laughs> I'm dealing with a, a, a fiend over here just struggling for attention. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are you saying they, they're going to, like, whatever John, or Patrick Kane wants to happen? If Kane moves, they all move for me. If he signs a five-year extension, then I think they'll try and keep Jones, keep the Brinkett. That's my opinion. No, I, I think if, if they move – I don't think Jones is being moved at all. I don't think under any circumstances Jones is being moved. They signed him to this this massive contract for for a long term to fit him into the plan of eventually being good, whether it's in the middle of this contract, whether they get it done earlier than planned and it's in the next couple of years, or if it's at the end of his contract, who knows? I think Seth Jones is going to be a Chicago Blackhawk for a very long time. Um, I think that it, there's ways that Patrick Kane, I think Patrick Kane has a very good chance to stay um, because of how productive he still is. So I, I don't know if I agree with what you just said. Um, I think they can easily extend Patrick Kane. I think he's worth a, a $7 million deal still. Um, and I think that could happen and you could still see, you know, a full on kind of like rebuild. So I don't Do know. Do you not think they should bottom out? I, I don't know. I mean, Kane and Jones, you're not bottoming out. I'm sorry to tell you. They'll always be fourth, fifth, sixth worst in the league instead of worst in the league and have a chance at Bedard or Mitch Koff. Everybody should hope they don't win the lottery this year. That's just my opinion because uh, then they lose that pick next year and Bedard is just bleh. But, you know, that's just my opinion. I don't know. It, honestly, it's a, it's a, I could see both sides. It's a great conversation to be had. I don't know. I don't like middling at all. I think they're like worse when the than Devils middling, were right middling now. It pissed me off beyond belief. But I also like, I understand giving Eliash and Broder like their proper goodbye. But like once Parisi and Kovalchuk were gone, they were always like 10th in the conference, 11th in the conference, 12th in the conference. I'd rather be 15th or in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it is going to make it hard with, you know, the Brinkett scoring 40 goals and Kane scoring 80 points. It, it's tough. Or Marc-Andre Fleury having a 9-10 save percentage. Well, they don't have to worry about Maybe that's all they needed to get rid of. Because I do think their goaltending is going to be even worse now. Fleury stole them games. I, do, I think if they had a Delia Lankinen get up from the beginning of the season, they would be in dead last. Dead With last. Kane. The Coyotes are cracking. I think it's very possible. Fleury was really good in a lot of games. There you go. That wraps up our Blackhawks portion of the first period. I'm sure we'll touch on them more in the show. But for right now, I want to hear Joey talk about what happened last night 
between the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't watch a single hockey game last night. Frank? Um, oh, well, you know what? We'll show you anyway. You know, regardless of what it is honestly, you know we're talking about or not, last night the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins played a game at the TD Garden in downtown Boston. And it actually turned out to be a pretty close game towards the end, but... It was... Toronto Maple um, Leafs were victorious 6-4 to four over the Boston Bruins. Joe? Yeah, it was not the way you wanted it to go. Uh, Toronto scores, you know, they get that early goal and then the Bruins get one back on the power play, which, you know, okay, that's going to be one of those games. Already got two goals. There's David Pashnak who just always scores against the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's got 14 goals and 19 career games going into that. Uh, I sent you that picture of it or I sent you that stat because Spaghetti Man just loves playing against uh, the Leafs. But, I mean, the Leafs, their offense came to play and there's really not much more the Bruins' defense looked, uh, you know, they were giving them too many chances. There were a lot of dumb penalties, a lot of, you know, the emotions getting the best of them. One guy who really got engaged emotionally, Taylor Hall, he's, I don't know if you saw him, he just got fined $5,000 for, uh, for his little sucker punch to the other guy. Honestly, mm-hmm. the Leafs are just so soft, I don't get it. Um, Brad Martian got a 10-minute misconduct at the end of the uh, second period. for uh, He's giving it to the official. Luckily, that's the only thing that, that happened out of that. Um, Jeremy Swayman just didn't look himself. You know, it was, I think it was a career high for him. He didn't even come out to start the third, which is, I love, I like that move. Allmark actually played really well in that third period and the Bruins, you know, offense kind of found it. So just from the beginning, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't the way, uh, you wanted things to go. The Bruins defense wasn't there and yeah, very disappointing game, but it's one of those ones that you watch uh, the press conference with Bruce Cassidy today. Uh, it's one of those things where you just literally forget about it, and that's kind of what I've been doing. I've, I already forgot the game happened. I'm looking at tomorrow against the New Jersey Devils. Are you ever going to respect the Leafs for what they are? Uh, I will when they win, win the Cup or, or at least you know have a, a, a successful playoff run, whether it, even if it's not winning the Cup, but a competitive, successful playoff run. Yeah, no, I, think they're, I don't even think they're that good of a team. Frank, Bruins-Leafs. Joe, I feel bad because if this game was in Toronto, the Bruins would have won, right? I always tell you how Toronto stinks at home, but they just they seem to play better on the road. I don't know what it is. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Because at least fans are stupid. I just I don't understand why the Leafs always choke at home, not just this year, not just last year. I've been keeping track of it for many years now, trust me, because um, I hear about it from other people that I know. Not you guys, but I'm saying. Like- and, and the Bruins are a good. They're a good home team. So honestly, if this, if let's say this does happen, this, this is a first round matchup, which is very possible that it can be. If this is a first round matchup, that's what I want. I don't want the Bruins to play anyone else but Toronto in the first round. You know, and something else that we should take note from that Toronto and Boston game, um, Joe. I know, me and you've talked about like. After the first and second line, if the third and fourth lines can't produce, are the Leafs that good? Do they have that depth that they're looking for to contend? Is that why they're always failing in the playoffs? But Toronto, all six of Toronto's goals were scored by a different player. So Yeah, last night was an impressive game. But, I mean, are you going to be able to to win every game that you give up four goals? In a game where you're outplaying the opponent. The Bruins got outplayed a lot in that game, and they still scored four goals. That's something that I was going to address with you in a second here, though. But first, I want to 
address one other thing first. This is the best Maple Leafs team in the Austin Matthews era. Are you smart enough to think that? Whether they lose in the first round or not, this is the best team in the Austin Matthews era. Maybe. Can you think of a better Leafs team? I mean, come on. Yeah, I would say the the one of the... the best Leafs team in your life. Mm. I don't know. The one of those... What Leafs team would beat them? I think the two thousand. I think it was two thousand eighteen or two thousand nineteen. The one, the one that lost in seven uh, to Boston in the first round. One of those one, one of the back to back losing in seven games with, with the one with Kadri, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. That's just my opinion. This Leafs team, Austin Matthews is having a better year than McDavid by a lot. McDavid might have a couple more secondary assists because he's McDavid and he's faster. But Austin Matthews deserves to win the Hart Trophy. He only has like he has like ten more only like ten more goals. Did you just say only like ten more goals than the guy who has forty in March? I mean, dude, how long does it take to score ten goals for an elite player? A month? It could be done in like three games. If you have three hat tricks. <laughs> it just seems like Toronto because, just always has it. Just they just can't do anything though. We're not like they're a great regular season team. Yeah, no, uh, no. Frank, I agree with I agree bad with everything stigma you said. against them. Well, that's what I was going to get to next. They were winning six to one, and the Bruins really made it feel like they had a chance to tie it yesterday. If it was a four period game, the Bruins would have won. I agree with you. I well, I agree with you. But, you know, fun fact about hockey, it's not a four-period game. So, um, but they just seem like it always creeps in your head. Like, are they going to leaf? Are they going to blow this 6-1? When Taylor Hall scored with nine minutes left or whatever the hell it was, I was like, are you kidding? Is, is this really going to happen? I mean, I watched the third period. And I was like, this is really going to happen. And it didn't. But, I mean... It was a very – another thing, and this is going to sound so, like, Bostonian. I, I hear this on, from Boston fans all the time. But, like, if you watched the game from beginning to end, you, there's no way you can disagree with me. It was a very poorly officiated game from both sides. The, the, all officiating in every sport has been garbage in the last five years, baseball and football included. It's the, the, like. They they blew like this is a huge game. Both teams they had identical records going into it. The Bruins 41 19 and 5. The Leafs 41 19 and 5. Like you can't write that shit. First meeting in a long time for these two teams and they they have identical records. A meeting in Boston like this was it was a great game. It was supposed to be a great game, a lot on the line here. And like there were just some calls in this game that were atrocious. Despicable to say the least. <laughs> You don't think Hall deserved a 5K fine? No, I mean, no, I actually don't. I don't know what that was about. Like, the guy went down like a sack of potatoes. I honestly, like, it was flabbergasted. He went (laughs) down like a sack of potatoes. There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, you can't sucker punch people. I mean, did you see the hit? Did you see the hit that, like, wasn't called? There was a hit. That hit wasn't called. There was a hit or a penalty on McAvoy for – or who was it? Was it McAvoy got a boarding penalty or no, Pasta? No, Pasta got the boarding penalty, and they sent McAvoy off and made it four-on-four when McAvoy did nothing wrong on that one play. That's right. But then then Pasta got the two-minute boarding penalty when, like, you watch the replay, it is just clearly not a board. Uh, Then the the no goal, I was like, if they don't award this goal, 
to Taylor Hall. I don't understand what they were reviewing. Like, reviewing. what were what were they? What was the washout signal in the first place? Why would they wave that off and and make Boston risk the coach's challenge? Yeah, they got it right in the in the long term, but they made him risk that coach's challenge. Where okay, you're trying to come back. It's possible you need two goals in the in the next two and a half minutes, three minutes. I've seen it be done. If you get that wrong, then you're on going on the power play in the game, or the the Leafs go on the power play and the game's over. So the fact that they made it made it go to that like length, I don't understand what these refs were. We're dealing with all game. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, there's nothing here. And, you know, Steve Dangle tweeted every NHL player would, every single NHL player would trade $5,000 and a two-minute minor for getting a player that had an ugly hit on them out of the game for good. Because yeah. that's what happened. Uh, Labushkin left the game, didn't return. So maybe he yeah, wasn't. and I and I hope he's all right. Like I, I don't obviously want someone to get hurt on a on a selfish play like that from from Taylor Hall. But I mean, it's ridiculous. So if you have to take matters into your own hands, take matters into your own hands. Hundred percent. So Frank, I gotta ask you. You can give me your honest answer. Not gonna hurt anyone's feelings. Should Joey be worried about Lil Jizzy and the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night? No, I don't think so. I think that. <laughs> I think uh, with the game being in Boston, Joe said how they're such a good home team. Um, the Bruins are just having a great year. They've actually beat the Devils four out of the last five times they've played the Bruin or the Devils um, in that series. So I don't know. I think the Bruins are going to have a fairly easy win tomorrow. I agree, Frank. Um, the Bruins are also like, like yeah, the Devils are playing. You know, some good hockey. Probably you know the best stretch they've had all season. Vin, what did you say? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, Jack Hughes. Like, we have a question that, about him later in the show, but he is one of the game, best players in the NHL now. Yeah. Um, Anybody who denies it just isn't paying attention. He's a top twenty NHL player now. The, but the Bruins are are playing like you know. That's why you know Bruce said today. Uh, it's kind of just like hopefully it's just a one off kind of kind of thing. You know, giving up six goals is an off night for Jeremy Jeremy Swayman. First time he's ever gotten yanked, I believe. Um, and the Bruins, you know, from what I've seen this year, are a bounce back team, regardless of what anyone says. You know, they get they lose a game like that. It was an emotional game. You don't, you never want to. Even if they win that game, they would end up coming back and winning that game seven to six. They are still not going to be happy with that performance, letting Toronto score six goals and chase your number one, you know, young goalie. Um, so there's a lot to just put in the rearview mirror about that game, and I expect the Bruins to honestly, like, not even saying this, to come out like pissed off tomorrow and ready to play put that camera on me joey is screwed the new jersey devils are going to go into boston they're the underdog team they're so young the bruins are a legit stanley cup contender and you're a fool if you deny it if you think the boston bruins aren't good enough to win the stanley cup this year you are a fool and the New Jersey Devils are going to go in there tomorrow and make that true Stanley Cup contender look foolish themselves. Jack Hughes, he knows all about the Boston area. He's played with so many kids in the U.S. National Development Program. They all grew up Bruins fans. There's no doubt about that tomorrow he's going to go in there and he's going to be the little jizzy that we all know. And Nico Heischer, he's certainly going to – you know, he's going to get the hard matchups. He'll face Bergeron. He'll face Pasta. He'll face Marshawn. Taylor Hall's on the other side. You know, the Devils that played with Hall are going to be ramped up, ready to go. Jesper Bratt 
is just phenomenal. And as long as Nico Dawes does what he can do in net as a young netminder, the Devils are going to put on a show tomorrow. Frankie and Joey are going to be pleasantly surprised with how the New Jersey Devils play. And Joey should be very concerned about what Jack Hughes is going to do to his Eastern Conference for the next 10 years. I love and admire the confidence that you have. It's on. It's like, it's cute, I guess, is the only way to really describe it. It's I'm confidence. not kidding. I know he's not kidding. And it's just like, it's, it's cute now. It's going to be sad tomorrow because, like, you better hope day, I don't wake up. At the end of the day, like, I mean, the, the last night's outcome, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be as confident that the Bruins are going to beat the Devils tomorrow if last night's outcome was different. Like that that you should be The Devils should, my, playing like the Leafs though. You you better not you you're better off just not even watching. It's going to be like that like heartbreaking. Oh, no, I'm, watch. the, I'm watching with you. The fact that you have this much confidence is you like be in my presence tomorrow. You're just going to be heartbroken. I'm not. Brad Marchand owns the New you're Jersey fucked. Devils. Brad Marchand. You're owns not going to want to go Devils. on Twitter for three days. Taylor Hall is going to. Oh my God. Taylor Hall, make... the only person in the world who knows how to shut him down properly, is Nico Eastier. Yeah. Yeah. You're fucked. You better hope I don't wake up. I'm just telling you. If I if you wake up tomorrow and find out that I'm dead, you should count your lucky stars because that means I'm not coming for you. The devils are coming for the bees. You I know wish it. it was even I wish it was worth it to even bet on. I guess I'm not gonna take the yeah, bees. Bet on the devils. Because <laughs> oh, all the stupid people in the world think they're underdogs. <laughs> well guys, five minutes for fighting. I know we're not at the breaking bet segment yet, but I gotta check the line on the bees tomorrow. I mean are we in the minus bet. Are we in the minus 300s, Frank, you think? The minus 300s? Um, they might be. They might be. The at home, it's... Not only are the line out, the line, line might not be out, though. Not only are the Devils going to smoke the Bruins tomorrow, they're going to be better than most teams in the Eastern Conference in short order. Dougie Hamilton against his old team? I mean, you're in trouble. You're going to see this face and this logo in your nightmares for the next 10 years, starting next year. Alexander Holtz is coming for that ass. Not only are you going to have one Hughes brother to cry over, you're going to have two. There's two Hughes coming for you, JP. There's two Hughes. Let's hope uh, Let's hope I don't see in Nico Dawes in my sleep. You're going to see Nico Dawes in your sleep. Nico baby. Dawes. Teams that smoke the Bruins. You know, the Devils lost 3-2 to two to the Leafs because uh, they gave up two shorthanded goals. The Bruins have a better chance to score against the Devils shorthanded. I don't know where he gets his glue, Frank, but, like, <laughs> like it, it is honestly remarkable how if we were to go back and play the footage from three shows ago, he'd be – I hate the Devils. The New Jersey Devils, they, they suck. I don't even want to talk about them. Then all Jack of a sudden, Hughes is on pace for 45 goals. Then all of a sudden, Jack goals. Hughes starts, you know, really playing well. Yeah, the Bruins wow. are so used to Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's playing well. I, he's did playing I lie? amazing. Okay. And what so Bruins are playing amazing? Brad. No, I know okay, they what... are, but we're used to that, though. Okay, we're used to that. The Bruins are like... going to go to sleep. They're going to, oh, the Devils are coming to town. We're going to take a little Yeah, nap. right. If you think for one instant that the Bruins are going to bed and they're going to wake up tomorrow, like, 
oh, we got the Devils. We should, we're going to win this game. That is not the case. They are fucking angry. They just got beat in their own building by their fucking rivals, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, the Devils, don't, like, it's just, they don't stand a chance. You're going uh, it, to so down tomorrow, and it's a dirty, rotten shame that Frankie decided to take your side. This is his chance. Take my side. It's fucking it's, common sense. It's not common sense. This is, is Frankie's chance. Sense. This is Frankie's chance to look like a smart guy ahead of the curve. The Devils Be barely a trend beat better, not a trend follower. They barely beat the Montreal Canadiens. They almost fucking blew that game. The Leafs lost to the Montreal Canadiens. The Leafs stink. The Montreal Canadiens have played good under St. Louis. The Leafs, the, you know, the Leafs don't stink. They killed the Bruins six to four. <laughs> oh, for the love of salmon sandwiches! So, if you're so confident that the, they're going to beat the Bruins tomorrow, then you must be so confident they're going to beat the Panthers on Saturday morning. The Panthers like, uh, fuck everyone they play. I don't know what to tell you about that. Are, are the fucking Devils the Panthers might beat the part? Devils by six? Are the, are the Devils, according to Vinny, the Devils are just going to win out and fucking make a push to the playoffs here? Uh, I believe they are mathematically eliminated. Yeah, that's just sad. And that they're they're gonna beat the bees. The Bruins are still the only team in the NHL to not lose three straight. How many straight have they lost? One. Well, they so, you mean to te- so you mean to tell me they're gonna lose two straight to the Devils and have that be in jeopardy? And that means like that's a guaranteed win against Columbus on Saturday. I mean, if they were to lose tomorrow. Are you confident enough to say that if the Devils beat the Bruins tomorrow, you will wear a Devils jersey on this show? Next Wednesday, yeah, I'm so I will I will make a, a one hundred dollar bet with you. I'll I'll decked out in devil stuff. I'll, I'm very confident. I actually might throw two hundred and fifty bucks on the Bruins tomorrow just to win a hundred bucks. What like, a fool you are! Like that's just an that's just an easy an easy uh, date night or something. Free money that the that the sports books are handing you. Holy shit, dude! Frank. There's even value plus 104. I just saw minus one and a half. B's puck line. That's what, a complete clown what a complete clown both of you are. The devils are coming for that ass. I'm just telling you. Bruins almost lost to the Hawks. Did they win? Both games? Yeah, and the Devils lost to the Hawks. But yeah. Gillies was a net. The Devils net. gave up eight goals against the Hawks. Yeah, Gillies was a net, dude. They're not going to see Gillies. Oh, Gillies. Oh, Nico Dawes is worlds, worlds better than Gillies. No, no, he is. Don't, they're, they're, don't make yourself look like a fool. Don't Nico, allow yourself Nico to Dawes like ain't the answer for the New Jersey Devils. Why not? He's 20. Hmm. He's got a 902 save percentage as a 20-year-old. Why? He, I'm not saying he is. I'm indifferent on it right now. I still think they should go get like a a number one next year. Like if Hopi wants to come to New Jersey or something like that. Like if Flurry wanted to for whatever reason, yeah, I, I would do that and let Dawes develop in the AHL more. Sure, it's kind of, he's came into the year as like a number four, like but he's 20, third round pick. Like let him develop before you say he's not the answer. He's not some fucking scrap heap pickup like Gillies was. The Devils got Gillies off the scrap heap from St. Louis. They couldn't give John Gillies away for a bag of salmon sandwiches. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at everything right now. And it's it's just going to be bad. The Bees have put up five goals each time they played them. I, I'm smelling a fucking seven burger tomorrow. All right. 
the extra point is going to be good. Me too. Jack Hughes, little Jizzy. Uh, can't even wait to see what Nico, Brat, Sharon Govich. Wow, he's been on fire lately. Dawson Mercer is going to be all up in Brad Marchand's grill. Frank, I know you're looking forward to it, pal. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. On a, on a, on a very serious note, though, they are – having a ceremonial puck drop for my guy, Tuka Rask. The garden will be buzzing with Tuka in the building. Come on. Teams always that could lose be a bad during thing, those ceremonies. Yeah, they always lose during those ceremonies. Well, well Patrice Bergeron's going to be shedding tears. Oh, Tuka, you were so oh, good. Oh, no, you didn't Tuka. tell me that. Tuka, Tuka, Tuka. <laughs> Brad Marchand, I love Tuka. It's not like, uh, Tuka. Oh, Meanwhile, Jack no. Hughes is going to be in the locker room going, I don't give a fuck about Tuka. It's going to be ceremony. It's going to be. No, it's not a ceremony. Tuka's just dropping the puck. It's not like a, it's not like a retirement ceremony. It's just Tuka's dropping the puck. You're boned. You have no clue what's coming for that ass. Jack Hughes. Well, Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Tuka, we went to the cup together. Oh, it was so great. Jack Hughes is going to be smelling salt with Nico Heeshear in the locker room going, we don't give a fuck about Tuka. Let's go. It's going to be great. Are they even old enough to buy smelling salts? Uh, Nico is. I don't think Jack is. Oh, wait, do you have to be a certain age to buy smelling salts? I don't know. I found out today you have to be 18 years old to buy spray paint. I knew that. Uh, so I like, what the fuck's going on here? You have want to be 18 to buy hurt? cough medicine, too. Yeah, I knew that. That makes wait, sense. That's didn't... a drug. Yeah, yeah but you I... can get high off spray paint. And you could deface property if you're a yeah. stupid 16-year-old. Okay, you could, do, you could deface property with anything, though. But they, I think the idea is that you trust legal adults a little bit more to not do so. I don't know. Caught me off guard. I was like, it was like, please wait for assistance. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> wait, you, wait, why do you buy spray paint? I needed spray paint. You, you just can't on air tell why? No, I cannot. I'm, oh. I'm quite the handyman. <laughs> I cannot believe what he just did right there. The Bruins are so fucked tomorrow. You have no idea. And with I'm that, building, I'm building your fucking uh, what do they call it? Like um, what's like the name at the of the, like the thing that they build for people who died? Like for like a Dia de los Muertos. Uh, there's like a, there's like a name joke, for your it. Your joke doesn't hit if you don't know the name. <laughs> name you could have just it. said I'm building your grave, and it would have hit like ten times funnier than that. Yeah. You just don't. Yeah, I'm I'm building your fucking that word. Well, the barroom network knows that Joey better not (laughs) open Twitter tomorrow because it's going to be a nightmare for him. It's going to be an absolute nightmare for him. And there are a couple teams who are experiencing the exact opposite of a nightmare, which we will address in period number two. Welcome to period period number two. Welcome to period number two. The Bruins are about to take a number two tomorrow while playing the New Jersey Devils. Uh, we had a very short five-minute intro, and I had a feeling that that Bruins-Devils conversation was going to be a lot of me and Joey screaming at each other for 20 minutes. So that's why I wanted to keep the intro brief because we're already an hour into the show and just getting into period number two. <laughs> no response. Nothing. No. He's gonna sit there in silence. He's Frank. He's literally sitting there shaking in his boots about tomorrow. I have never been less nervous about a game. Frank, the Minnesota Wild are on a tear. They've been one of the best teams in the NHL in the calendar year of 2022. I believe 
that their loss in the Winter Classic is one of only like three losses that they've sustained at home in the calendar year of 2022. They acquired Marc-Andre Fleury at the trade deadline. This is an elite team. Do we agree? Absolutely. Um, You know, and a big part of that reason is due to goaltending. And now you got Marc-Andre Fleury. Cam Talbot's won eight in a row, including a big, big win against the Colorado Avalanche. Um, to be honest with you, going into the playoffs, I'd start Cam Talbot. I think I would too. Right, I think that's the right move. From a, if I I'm 100% a wild fan would. Or if I'm in the. <laughs> Why does that keep happening to Flurry though? I mean, you got to yeah, go but, with the hot hand. I mean, but this that, guy, that also doesn't mean. Yeah, that also doesn't mean we would not see exactly. We wouldn't not see Flurry at all. If, yeah. if if the Wild go up three games to none on a, on a team, like okay, let's see if Flurry can close it out, give Talbot some rest. You know, I think it could easily be one of those situations. Yeah. But going into the playoffs, you got to start Talbot. You have to. Frank, you want them to start Flurry though. Yeah, I know. I'm saying as a, if I was a Wild fan though, yeah, I'm not. Sure. I'm like this is non-biased, not what my wants are, not what my personal beliefs, whatever. This is you have to start Talbot. So that's what I was going to get to next. So it is a goalie controversy. Goalie controversy officially in your brain. Yeah, you know I. I honestly think Talbot's had the better year, and that could just be because Flurry was on the Blackhawks. He had that rough start. I think Talbot's been more consistent, but we all know what Flurry's capable of. Hall of Fame goaltender, got the playoff experience under his belt, so that's something that could be taken into consideration going into the playoffs. But. I mean, Talbot has been probably the hottest goalie. Oh, he, he was just the first star of the week. Yeah. He went 3-0. He had a 1-3-something goals against average, 9-5-something save percentage. Like he, And that was all following the trade for Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah. So it, kinda, it kind of lit a fire under his Exactly, ass. exactly. And, and if he was on a seven-game win streak going to play the Colorado Avalanche. You think, all right, he's won seven in a row. He's due for a loss. He beats the Colorado Avalanche, one of the best teams in the NHL. And those are the teams you're going to have to beat in the playoffs. Teams like the Colorado Avalanche, I, you have to start Talbot. You each think they could make a deep run? How deep are you talking? I don't think they're going to make it to the Cup. Okay. I do not think no. they're going to make it to the Cup. I, I think they could. I think, um, you know, it seems like there's just no cooling down for them. I don't see anything past a second-round berth, to be honest. I don't see them being in the conference finals. But, I mean, they could. I wouldn't sit here and be like, jaw hit the floor because they made it to the Stanley Cup or the conference finals. I just don't I just don't see it happening. For me, it's down to them, Colorado, and Calgary mm-hmm. and the Western Conference. I uh, See, I think they match up great against Calgary. The only team that I think could beat them is Colorado. And that's like a very chalk thing to say. Like, okay, I think Colorado is going to go to the Cup. I th- I've been saying that for the past three years, though. I'm, I'm sticking with Colorado. Um, but Minnesota is making it very difficult. Yeah. Do you agree it's those three, though? Or do you have somebody else in mind in the West um, as far as a team that's a threat to the Wild? As a threat to the Wild? No. I think it's Colorado and Minnesota's conference to win. Not Calgary? No. See, I would put Calgary in that mix. I could see the Blues giving them trouble, to be honest with you, just because the rivalry over the years. And sometimes, and sometimes those rivalry series and rivalry games, no matter how good and bad teams are, they just feel and play a little bit different. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Blues gave them a run for their money either. I yeah, agree. I, mean, I just think the Blues, are, the Blues are going to get taken out by Colorado or Calgary before that even becomes a possibility. Yeah. 
And playoffs are a different game. Let's not forget how, like, no one, no one is talking about Nashville being a Stanley Cup contender. But, you know, once you get into the playoffs, that building is so hard to play in. If UC Soros gets, it gets hot, Roman Yossi's having an amazing year, probably going to win the Norris, if not top two. Um, let's not forget about Nashville. So, like, it, like, it's easy to say all this stuff now until the playoffs start in Nashville, like, you know, it gets hot. Like, I'm not going to sleep on them either. Duchesne and um, Johansson are having, like, resurgent years, too. Yeah. Nashville and and no hot. one's talking about it, which is good for them. No one was talking about them going into that year that they did make it to the cup. They were the eighth seed, and they swept the yeah. Hawks. Exactly. So, all right. Another team in the Western Conference that nobody brought up in terms of the Stanley Cup debate, and that would have been something that was considered blasphemous in December, is the Vegas Golden Knights, who have basically since inserting Jack Eichel into their lineup, they've kind of like the chemistry's been off. I think they really miss Mark Stone, which is actually part of the main issue because of his – for those who don't know, Mark Stone is the closest thing in the NHL to what Marion Hosa was a winger who's like a selkie trophy type guy um, that Marion Hosa and uh, Mark Stone, Thomas Hurdle is kind of like a diet version of that. Like I think he's in that mix, but like not quite to Stone's level. Um, it's tough, but Joe, you alluded to it earlier. They're in trouble. For the first yeah. time in franchise history, they're in trouble. Yeah. I, I don't think they're just in trouble. I think they're in big trouble. Um the only thing that, I mean, can kind of help them is if they are able to get the division spot in over Edmonton because the Dallas Stars, they have three more games at hand than the Vegas Golden Knights. And, and Dallas is, you know, to me, at least really starting to figure it out. Um, that Robertson guy is just unreal. Uh, so, you know, if, if other guys, you know, start get going, then that could be a, a big problem for for Vegas to try to climb into that wild card spot. So I think if the Vegas Golden Knights are going to make it, and then obviously got the Blues up there too, two central teams in both wild card spots. So if, if Vegas wants to make it, they need Edmonton to like you know really start losing some games again, and uh, and and maybe even LA you know kind of cool down a little bit because LA just is one of those teams that is overperforming to me. And I would I would like to see the Kings. That's such a young team. I'd like to see them in the playoffs. So I don't know. I, I honestly think this is going to be the first year that we see the Vegas Golden Knights outside of the playoffs. I don't think Edmonton is going to miss because I think McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to keep um, them up there. Yeah. Keep them up there. And and, and, and I think LA the Kings. Yeah, and but like I've been I've been hoping cuz I was all bored on on Anaheim when kind of when they were hovering around the same area, Los Angeles and Anaheim, and I was all aboard on them and then all of a sudden Anaheim started to cool down and the Kings just kept, they just kept going and the Kings just are not cooling down. They're staying consistent. They're a good hockey team. And I don't think that's going to, if they haven't done it by now, I don't think they're going to. And like, go ahead. No, yeah. And then, and if, if Vegas, like, you know, unless they really put together a, a big string of wins here, which I don't think they're, they're capable of doing. Like, look at, they, they almost lost that game to Chicago. That's a team you need to beat at this point in the season. And yeah, they did it, but they, they kind of made it hard on themselves. Yeah, and Frank, before I get to you on Vegas, I do want to point out one thing the Kings have that Anaheim doesn't. Even though I don't think he's like their true number one starter anymore, there's Jonathan Quick, Andre Kopitar, Drew Doughty. Between those three guys, you have six Stanley Cup championships. Um, I think that is like helping them keep afloat as a younger team where Anaheim gets laugh is still there, but 
Getzlaff only has one cup. It's been a long time. Uh, no, he, I, yeah, that doesn't matter. He knows what it takes to win the cup. But, like, it's just Getzlaff. There's no Dowdy. There's no Quick. I also think Getzlaff is a forward, an aging forward. I think Kopitar, Dowdy, and Quick's influence on the actual outcome of games, besides just their leadership, is far greater than Getzlaff's in the year 2022. So that's kind of why I think the Kings stayed afloat and the Ducks didn't. But, Frank, I'll let you get to the Golden Knights. Yeah, you know, we talked about how they don't have Mark Stone, and they're just a team plagued with injuries. But we can't forget that they don't have Robin Leonard either, and he's been out for an extended period of time. And that's that's shown. I mean, you saw it against the Blackhawks and how the Blackhawks were able to score on um, Brassois, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think their season would have come a little bit differently if they didn't have as many injuries. I hate to say this, but I do think they're going to miss the playoffs for the first time in franchise history, just because every team that they're chasing, they they have like three more games played than them besides the Oilers, which they still don't have a game in hand on. I think the Oilers have like one game in hand on them or whatnot. Um, But even for the wild card, the two teams in the wild card that they could potentially pass up there, they have, three extra games played and that's hard to make up at in March about to be April. Um, but yeah, they're a heavy, heavy Vegas odd favorite to miss the playoffs too. No pun intended, but it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. 14 it's, games left for Vegas and they're three, they have three extra games played yeah. then just uh, blues and stars. There you go. Frank, what Metro team are you most confident in when it comes to the playoffs? Not regular season, we know what four Metro teams are going to the playoffs from the regular season. It's Carolina, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh, and uh, Washington. But of those four, who are you most confident in in the playoffs? I'm most confident in the Carolina Hurricanes just because of how consistent they've been all year and how they've been just running this division, it seems like. Um, and the reason I say that going into the playoffs because, well, first of all, in my, me personally, I think the Metro is a fairly weak division besides the Rangers and the Penguins. I'm not even going to count the Capitals in this conversation. Um, but there's a good chance that the Penguins and the Rangers play each other in the first round of the playoffs, and one of them will have to be eliminated. So you get rid of one of the three powerhouses in the Metro division. Now Carolina only has to worry about one, and from there it's it's smooth sailing. Joseph? Is gonna, I think we're all going to have different answers here. I honestly think that, Frank, you, you went with the Carolina Hurricanes, who are, I think on paper might be the best team, um, all around, or at least well-rounded team. Uh, I'm going with the New York Rangers. I think the New York Rangers have, have it at every position. They, they got a guy, you know, we always say you need the goaltender, you need the defenseman, you need a, like a top guy up front. And I think that they have that in – you know, especially in that with Shesterkin, I don't know if Vinny's out on him. But you look at some of those matchup games against uh, what? Vinny, you made that face. You were talking I'm not shit about out him. on him. I was you, doing that little bit last week, like you like yeah. to do with the Leafs. Shesterkin, he's going to be I don't top have five a bit. for Hart Trophy. I don't, he might win I don't the have a bit. He did have a five-game streak where he had like a five-point whatever goals against average over those five games. But he has since calmed down and gotten better. The Devils broke his up. I don't have a bit with the Leafs. They stink. Um, you look at the, you know, obviously one of those matchups that you're going to have to, you're going to have to look at, you're going to have to look at those matchups. Frank, you mentioned that they'll probably end up playing Pittsburgh. I agree with that. And I think that the Rangers kind of have Pittsburgh's number. You saw last night, they beat them, uh, last week, even they won like five to one. And then, uh, 
they shut out Carolina a couple weeks ago, two nothing. And so, I mean, the New York Rangers just to me are that team in the Metro. So, and Vin, go ahead. I think you're going to say the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm torn between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Carolina Hurricanes. I do think the Pittsburgh Penguins will absolutely destroy the New York Rangers in the first round of the postseason. I'm when we do our little bracket, I'm going to pick Penguins to sweep them. Um, that's a, a I think that's crazy. The you know Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Christopher Letang, Tristan Jari. What a core! I mean, even if you disclude Jari, not because of any performance, but a, you know track record. Has there been a core in the last 30 years better than Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Christopher Letang? One would argue Dowdy, Keith, or Dowdy, Quick, and Kopitar, or Taves, Kane, and Keith. But those three are better in the regular season. If you have the cups, then yeah, it's those three cores. But the regular season, too, added on top of the playoffs, it's Crosby, Malkin, and Letang. I mean, that core is just truly something special that we will all, every hockey fan will remember that core for the rest of our lives. Um, I have enjoyed being alive at the same time as those guys. Um, I do think they will just absolutely destroy the New York Rangers, but I'm with Frank. The Carolina Hurricanes are not only right there for the best teams in the Metro, they're right there for the best teams in the NHL. Vinny, who do you think is the best team in the NHL? I personally think it's the Florida Panthers. But it is not far off from the Colorado Avalanche, the Calgary Flames, and the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm sorry. And it's they just are- that their path will be a little bit easier, I think, too. Their path is a little bit easier. I yeah. think they'll dummy Washington. Even though – here's the thing about Washington, though. Washington is like Nashville. Which, everything Joey said about Nashville applies to Washington. John Carlson will be top five in Norris. Alexander Ovechkin still scores 50 goals a season at 34 years old, and he's going to break Gretzky's record in 2025. Yeah, the only difference, I think, um, UC Saros is world's better than both Vitek Vanacek and uh, yes. Samsonov. A world's better. But I also think Washington's forward group is wildly deeper than Nashville's. I mean, TJ Oshie hasn't been that impactful this year because of injury. I actually think I actually think Nashville's deeper. It's just the top half of of Washington's roster is worlds better than the top half like of Hall of Fame worthy almost. Yeah, yeah. Like TJ Oshie's not going to go to the Hall of Fame, but he's just short. Yeah, Backstrom, obviously Backstrom, Ovi, Kuznetsov, and Oshie, and even John Carlson or um, uh, Tom Wilson, like. And this those, Connor McMichael kid. Yeah, like. Unreal. Those guys. Those guys are, but like the depth yeah. on Nashville could. I agree. And they have better defense in Nashville too. So, but but what I'm saying, like both cores have experience that mm-hmm. can help propel them. But Carolina might just be too much to a talent might outweigh experience in this one. I, I'm I'm sticking with Carolina. Sebastian Ajo is truly one of the great players in the NHL now. Um, Svechnikov might be their best player. Nobody talks about it. He's definitely the most gifted with his hands. Tavo Teravainen is a very very good player. I mean, their big defense is awesome. Nadalkovic. And a big extension at the deadline for uh, Kako Niemi. Kako Niemi just spitting in Montreal's face. Uh, they might be the most well-coached team in the playoffs. I think if I were to make a Mount Rushmore of NHL coaches active, I might 
put I, I would put Mike Sullivan of the Pittsburgh Penguins one. Um, I would put Bruce Cassidy on that list. Uh, and I think Rob Brindamore, absolutely, the Carolina Hurricanes head coach. He's I, would, I would actually I would put him one. Over Mike – oh, see, I've yeah. always been a Mike Sullivan guy, though. Uh, Mike Sullivan took some very injured and, like, Crosby, Malkin, plus other guys, Penguins teams, into the playoffs, like, last year and the year before. Now Pittsburgh is a little more than Crosby, a lot more than Crosby and Malkin. But the last couple of years, it was just those two, and I give Mike Sullivan a lot of that credit. John, but I don't Coop, think, John Cooper as well. I, yes, John Cooper would probably be the fourth. And then, but and then, none of them are, are going to win the coach of the year, though. These are all younger guys. Like, let's, there's still some old coaches in the league, like Gerard Gallant. Uh, um, um, I'm, I can't, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Bruce Bru- Boudreau. Bruce Boudreau, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think there's still room in the NHL for those old guys. There is room in the NHL for those old guys, and there's a reason their teams respond well to them. Gallant gets fired halfway through the year in the third year of every team he goes to. Randomly. <laughs> Randomly. <laughs> what? No, you're because you're right. He's every probably the best team, coach. Every single team he goes to, they're always in first place, and he randomly gets fired with no speculation whatsoever. It happens he is like in Carolina, the best coach Florida, and Vegas. He's probably the best coach to float around that I've ever seen. Yes, absolutely. I don't. It's almost like it's almost like in year three of every team he goes to, he has he probably gets in like a blow up match with the general manager and just fucking gets shit canned that day. Because they disagree on like what to have for lunch or something. I'm being dead serious. This is like a conspiracy theory that I'm working on. He, they're always in first place. You remember freaking Vegas? They fired his mm-hmm. ass halfway through the season when they were a legit cup contender, and Todd McClellan's ass moseyed on in there. And the Florida team, he left Florida when they were in a decent spot. Exactly. Like yeah, that was probably to hire like Joel, but I mean, but Joel didn't come till the summer. We didn't know I mean, the Hawks were fired. Or no, the, Joel didn't come till after the next season. We whatever he's doing right now. Role. Yeah, whatever he's doing right now, though, in New York, you're not going to deny like It's working. That New York this Rangers year. is very this good. Year. The Rangers yeah. are going to suck in two years. I see. I don't I'm think so. I'm telling you. The, dude, all of their top players. Lafreniere is starting to score. Lafreniere is starting to score. Lafreniere is starting to score. Yes. He's starting to score. If he develops, like, yeah, he might be a slow-moving developed turtle, but if he gets there, like, watch like, out, dude. Like Jack Hughes and Nico Hishu? Like, watch out. Like every first overall pick besides McDavid and uh, Matthews? People forget McDavid and Matthews ruined people's perceptions of first overall picks. Because since those two jabronis came into the NHL, everybody expects every first overall pick to be sick. Patrick Kane sucked. No, Patrick Kane won the Calder Trophy, but he sucked compared to McDavid and Matthews. Nathan McKinnon was pretty good his rookie year. He had 53 points. That's like pretty good. That he won, won the Calder. Calder. That yeah. won the Calder. He sure had 52. Yeah. And people, but because he followed Matthews' 40 goal campaign, he was a bust. He had one less point than McKinnon in his rookie year. Yeah. Now, look it, at him. now, it's hard to measure. It's hard to measure. Um, defenseman in a similar way, but uh, Darlene had an okay rookie year, but Aaron Ekblad seemed to be one of those guys who just was sick right away. Yeah, but then he slowed down for a minute. Right. People were saying other guys should have went first. That doesn't worry you at Florida? Or I, I don't know if you're going to ask about the Atlantic. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I was saying that, 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 doesn't worry, that doesn't worry you in Florida, like the health of Aaron Ekblad? I think that hurts the, them. I think they're doing it on purpose. 
if he's ready for game one of the playoffs, you'll remember this conversation. He's on LTIR. I'm sure he got hurt, but you he's going to pull- return for game one of the playoffs. I have. They learned. They learned something from their. They learned their, their lesson. Yep, and they, they made learned. those trades. The way they made those trades at the deadline, they got Giroux. They would not have gotten Giroux if there was no Aaron Ekblad injury. I'm just telling you, it's my conspiracy theory. If Aaron Ekblad returns for game one of the playoffs, you guys are going to look at me and go, wow, Vinny, we should start listening to you more. You're so smart. Because that means they, that means they pulled the old Tampa. They're like, hey, we got fucked last year by Tampa Bay doing this to us. I mean. Yeah, you're, I agree. So, no, I'm not going to win coach of the year. Uh, not on my Mount Rushmore of active coaches, but I think Andrew Brunette is the coach of the year in the NHL this year. He took over for Joel after Joel was forced to be, I don't know if he got technically fired or resigned with the whole Kyle Beach thing with the Chicago Blackhawks, but Andrew Brunette, coach of the year for me. But that's off topic. I think the Hurricanes are a wagon. And I think the three of us agree, though, that whoever – Whoever wins, nah, I don't know. Carolina could beat whoever wins the Atlantic in the playoffs. Do you agree with that, Frank? Yeah, I do. If the I Bruins, Panthers, well or Lightning, or, or Leafs come out in the conference finals, Carolina could beat them. Absolutely. I would root for the Bruins. I would root for the Bruins. I would root for the Panthers, too. I would root for the Hurricanes over the Lightning, though. No? No. If, if the, if the Bees don't if the bees don't win, I, I don't know. I'm kind of i I like to see as I like to see good teams win as many as they can. This is yeah. a once in a lifetime thing. I do too. A three peat would be so sick, dude. You're right. A three peat would be sick, and it would be the first time they won a real Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, it's another thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anybody who thinks that they're two cups, everybody had the same rules as them. No, but that's like also just a way to say fuck you. Hey, look what we we could do it here too. It will. Yes, it will. Anybody, there are people out there who have an asterisk on both of their cups. If you have, if they win it this year and you still say that dumb shit, you're an idiot. Yeah. And, and what about Pat Maroon? Like, it would be four straight. And I said, <laughs> and he won it in St. Louis. Then he signs in, uh, then he signs a one year deal in Tampa. Then he signs a two year extension in Tampa. So I remember when he signed that two year extension or whatever the extension was, I said, oh, that, that means the streak's going because there's no way Tampa's going to win fucking two in a row. Sure as shit, they won. And he's still on the team now. If he runs again, it's like just maybe that's the answer. Yeah, maybe it's not the answer. You know why? Maybe you just need to sign Pat Maroon. You know the last team to have Pat Maroon on their roster in the postseason. Yeah, the team, the team that I'm shaking in my boots about. (laughs) Oh, you should be shaking in your boots. They're gonna come to the fucking TD Garden tomorrow and fuck your ass up. I'm just telling you, you can listen to me or you can not. It's your prerogative. Would you? Keep Martin St. Louis as the head coach if you were in charge of the Montreal Canadiens. The Le Bleu Blanc et Rouge. I'll just go ahead and I'll say an indefinite yes. I think he's a perfect fit for that team. Um, whatever conversation he had when he joined that organization with Cole Caulfield is crucial to the development of that kid because Cole Caulfield has been nothing short of remarkable since Martin St. Louis has taken over and that's the guy you need to you know really to really develop into the player that you want him to and I just think it's been a perfect fit for for Martin St. Louis and the Montreal Canadiens what do Martin St. Louis Cole Caulfield and us three have in common 
Was Cole, I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but was Cole Caulfield drafted to the NHL? Well, we weren't. Yeah, he was in the first round. Oh, he was. Okay. He was Jack uh, well, I know. with the U.S. National Development Oh, okay. Program. See, I mean, instantly you want to say everyone compares Marty St. Louis to an undrafted player. But, I mean, are you going to say like a smaller guy? Like a, a below yeah. average? They're all, I, they're all short kings. Yeah. Just <laughs> like I'm pretty sure I'm St. Louis height, and he looks short in the NHL. But and Cole Caulfield is just like not e- like, like he he is just so skilled, like with his hands, and you yeah. you know it doesn't and necessarily shot. take yeah it doesn't necessarily take that to be an amazing uh amazing player in the NHL today like Austin Matthews he's not over here like dangling around like he can do that stuff don't get me wrong he he can but he doesn't necessarily razzle dazzle you on the ice he just fucking scores goals um Cole Caulfield like you see some of the shit he does in practice and even in games. I see a similar way in Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is a phenomenal stick handler. Cole Caulfield is the same way. Like the, some of the stuff I've I've seen videos of him doing in practice. He was just doing some shootout moves the other day. It's just like it's just eye candy to a hockey fan. Frank, St. Louis. Yeah, I would. I would. You'd have to keep them. I mean, they've been playing miles better than what they were before St. Louis came into the organization, and he came into the organization when the teams had a low. And, you know, they don't have the best players right now and they're not performing the way they should. So none of that should be put on St. Louis back at all. Um, I think let him develop with the Montreal Canadiens, let him coach a little bit. And he has a chance to turn the franchise around. Frank, do you believe the Montreal Canadiens will be a bubble team at worst in 2020-23? I do not. I think it's going to take a couple more years at least. Let them uh, develop, get in a St. Louis system a little bit and, I don't think that they're just going to go from rock bottom to a bubble team in the span of one year. They did go from the Stanley Cup final to rock bottom. Well, that's easier to do, but it's yeah, hard it to go from rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Joseph? I don't, I, I don't know about necessarily a bubble team. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit more of a we, – we'll call it a transition of power in the NHL because like right now it seems like those top dogs in the Atlantic aren't going anywhere for the next few years. Florida is going to be good for a while. I I mean, Tampa, Toronto, Boston, and then I think Detroit, it might be a few steps ahead of them in terms of their development. So you look at their division, I don't know, bubble team, maybe um, bottom bubble team at at best. I I don't think next year is necessarily the year. I think Detroit and and maybe even Buffalo kind of are a step ahead of them in terms of their development in the division, but in a transition of power era where, you know, you see some new teams kind of run, run away with the division. Maybe. Is there a story in the NHL over the last week or that you're looking forward to this upcoming weekend that you are most excited for or to talk about or something you want to bring knowledge to the viewing audience, Joe or no, Frank, we'll start with you. You know, I, this is kind of cool. I just realized this, like before the podcast started um the vegas golden knights play the seattle kraken twice this week today and friday the two most recent expansion teams got like a little mini series going on so i think that'll be a be fun to watch i always like i always thought that was kind of cool having the two most recent expansion teams playing each other and we'll be watching a lot of blackhawks hockey this week we got three games so joseph could be uh could be detrimental, Frank, for the Vegas Golden Knights making the playoffs. Like you, if you can't beat both of these games against Seattle, mm-hmm. like that's not necessarily good. Like these are four points you need 
and if you want to, you know, make the playoffs. But um, I don't know if you guys saw the NHL and uh, whatever, whatever actually like, kind of runs this thing has decided that the World Cup of Hockey is coming back in 2024 and it will be without Team North America and Team Europe, um, which I personally, like if we're going to give our opinions on that, I love it. I love that there's no Team North America and I love that there's no Team Europe. Let the country – it was sick. Don't get me wrong. It was awesome to see the young stars, but it took away from that country-on-country rivalry. Like you had Team Canada going up against Team USA – and yeah, it was sick. Brad Marsh and Sidney Crosby and Patrice Bergeron were running away with the tournament. But you have that going up against the USA. But then you have another team where it's made up of both Americans and Canadians. And it just didn't make sense. It took away from, from the Canadian versus USA rivalry. Um, so I'm happy that they're doing away with the Team North America and also Team Europe. Like if you're, if you're not good, if you're a European country and you don't have a uh, talented enough roster to field an NHL team, and that sucks for you. I mean, let's not combine all the European best players because that team was actually pretty good. It was a perfectly built team, and they made it all the way to the finals where they lost to Canada. So I'm super excited for the World Cup of Hockey. I think it's going to be awesome. Very excited that it's returning, and I'm very happy that it's not going to include the mixed country teams. I love Team North America. Yeah, that was cool. Shirt. I have a shirt. I I loved that team with my whole heart. So I'm sad they're gone. They tweeted the other day, like their Twitter account has been dead since 2017. And then a tweet randomly popped up from Team North America saying when you realize this was the last goal ever scored in Team North America history, it made me want to cry. And Joey's nonsense that he spewed about Team Canada or Team Europe being a good team, they were a Cinderella team. They had the longest. They had the longest odds in Vegas. Of they winning did. The they were a Cinderella. They were a team built. They were a team built of like all a bunch like, of old guys. It, I mean, it worked. Pilata, it worked. They had the longest the time, odds to win the thing. Okay, last year and the year before, Yaroslav Halak had numbers that would blow, would blow away a lot of teams. Like, Yaroslav Halak was a great goalie. And this was, like, probably more toward the prime of his career, Yaroslav yeah. Halak. So, if you if you get a, a phenomenal goalie, like, the team was good like on paper. Like, I, yeah, they weren't my pick to make it to the finals, but it was a good team. The good team that shouldn't have existed. That's is my point. Do you think that team, Europe team, would have made the postseason in the NHL that year? Yeah, you do. I think any one of those teams in that in that tournament would have. Of course, the other ones would have. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna miss Team North America. The funny thing is, I agree with you. I'm making all these faces and I'm providing. It takes away. Like, what's the point of having an international competition if you have okay USA, you have Canada, and then you have a team of USA and Canadians? It just makes zero sense in terms of international comp- competitiveness. And why wasn't Mexico included in Team North America? Yeah, what the fuck? You don't tell me there's not one like good Mexican hockey player who can make that team? Yeah, Austin Matthews. Exactly. Half. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm very excited for it. I mean, I will be. So am I, yeah. Team USA is going to be so sick because I think Jack Hughes is like for sure on the team now. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I'll, be, I'll be rooting for Team USA because I, I think um, – you know, 2024, fast forward, that's a long time away. By then, I, I obviously, Charlie McAvoy will make it. Jeremy Swayman could have a push to be the starting goalie on that team, which will, will spike. Fox will probably be a pair. 
Yeah, which will spike my interest tremendously, and I and I do still think Team Canada will be led by Sidney Crosby, Patrice Bergeron, and Brad Martian. All right. You ever hear that McDavid guy? He's not. No, I'm not saying. I'm finish. not saying. No, I'm not saying they're going to be like the most productive or the most uh, um, productive line, but I think like that line will be a thing. Yeah. No, I, you're right. I agree. and I think it'll be. I actually do think it would be a very productive line. Yeah. Out of those three, the least likely to make it's Bergeron. Which is saying yeah. something, he's going to make it probably. Well, yeah, but it's 2022. He, he, like his future, even in the NHL, is undecided by them. That's he'll be 38 when that when that tournament happens. So yeah. actually, you never know. You never know. Sit a lot happens play. in two years. It'll play. A lot happens in two years. Yeah, that's true. Look at the NHL two years ago. It's very different. So that's a great one. My my thing. Uh, the Devils play the Bruins, the Rangers, and Islanders between now and their next show. And those are probably three of my favorite. If you, if you add the Flyers, they don't play the Flyers, but those are my four favorite teams to watch the Devils play, the Rangers, Bruins, and Islanders, and Flyers. So very much looking forward to this week ahead for the Devils. Also, every time Washington plays is must-see TV for me. Every goal Alexander Ovechkin scores is another one closer. And you know how I've been on that train for a couple years now, Joe? Me and you, Me and you and our Uncle Fred wrote it out on a piece of paper all those years ago, that one time we were having dinner there. And he's about 50 goals short of where I thought he was going to be because of the pandemic. So it's taking a little longer, but 34 years old, 170-something goals to go. I'm cheering on every single one. So that's my story of the week. I want to ask you really quick before we get into the fun period, is there anything non-sports related, any kind of sports, including ones that are predetermined, because we'll talk about those later, is there any non-sports related thing you're looking forward to watching this week or weekend before our next show? Uh, there's a few things for me. Lay it um, on me. You don't want me to mention what you were hinting at not to mention? No, because we'll we'll touch on that. Don't worry. Okay. But what about if there's something like that goes in turn with it that's not really? I don't know if you're sure. gonna mention it. No, you can do that. Because Friday's a big day for me. Mm-hmm. The Undertaker gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. So that's wow. separate from so I'm yeah. I'm looking really forward to that. Somebody that I've looked up to my whole life, and somebody probably one of my favorite entertainers and athletes of all time. Um, I cannot wait to see him engraved into the Hall of Fame. Um, and we always talk about people building statues and stuff. He will get a statue in the WWE. I am, and there are not many people yeah, with statues. Out. He will have a statue built for him, guaranteed. Yeah, and I cannot wait for that. Um, Joe, you'll be excited to hear this. I started Clone Wars, like grinding Ooh. it. I've been grinding it like hard. Oh work. yeah, we're uh, we're coming. How are you liking it? Did we're, you watch the movie to start? Yeah. Okay, good. I watched the movie a while ago, and oh, then I okay, fell okay. off with the with the the show. But now we're, we've been grinding. I think we watched like seven episodes in two days. Oh yeah, it's such we're, an more than halfway through watch. the first season. I'm really starting to like it now with Kit Fisto and everything that's going on. And heck yeah. Um, so because, it, huh? it's like, you'll, you might get confused. Cause it's like, there's going to be some arcs, like an arc is like a, it could be like a three episode segment of just like one storyline and yeah, it might I not. Confused, Cause all of a sudden they're like, arc starts with with his, her own storyline. I'm like, where the hell did mm-hmm. Anakin go? Yeah. So it's not like a continuous storyline. So like you might watch four episodes that all relate to each other. And then the episode after that might be a completely new storyline in that star Wars timeline. It's, Game it's of Thrones really is kind of like that. Kind of, but that's that's like 
jumping characters. Like I'm talking, like you could, it could even be the same characters, and it's also out of order. Like you're might, you're gonna see some episodes, especially with like when you get introduced to um some certain clone troopers, like Fives, Echo, and all of them. Uh, there's you get introduced to them, and then you see them meet each other in an episode later. But obviously, that episode took place before. So there's some stuff like that, like timeline that gets confusing, but it, it's honestly an amazing show. It's if you're going to watch it, you watch a full arc and then you look at the next episode's title and you see if it, it's a new arc or not and you continue it. Yeah, that's what kind of we've been doing because we've been mm-hmm. noticing that um, trend. And I just my goal, our goal here is to finish all the shows and stuff before Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to watch we're going to watch Clone Wars. I know you haven't watched it. I don't think you didn't watch Rebels. Me? Right. Did you watch? I've Rebels? seen every, I've seen every oh, episode yeah. of Rebels. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if you did or not, but you didn't watch Resistance. No, and I'm probably never gonna. Yeah, we're gonna watch all the episodes of Clone Wars, um, Rebels, Resistance, Book of Boba, and then You're forgetting um, a big one. Yeah, it's. I know. I I had the it in my the bad, 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 bad match. The bad match. Awesome. We already yeah. watched Mandalorian when that came out, so we're good on that. Yeah. Um, but those we want to have that all done by Kenobi, so we've been grinding through uh, Clone Wars, and perhaps the biggest thing this week that may come out in the entertainment world. I'm excited to watch Moon Knight that started today. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Shout out to Scox for his comment. I was um, waiting you know, to put it up until you were going to say because <laughs> me and you are going to say the same thing. We're both we're all three huge Star Wars guys, but we're also all three huge Marvel guys. So Joe, I'll let you dive into Moon Knight, which is my answer also. Yeah, Moon Knight was going to be my answer. Um, it's actually something I don't know much about. Same. Um, so I'm kind of going into a blind, which is good. Always makes for great entertainment that way. Um, I know it'll eventually tie in. I, I heard a rumor. I don't know if you guys want to know that that uh, an MCU character. I think I, I might have said it already on the show. So I'll just say it. Bruce Banner. I heard that uh, is going to be in it. Mark Ruffalo. Um, Maybe not right away as a main character, but he will make an appearance in the show. We'll see how true that is. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I love the MCU stuff. Um, another thing that uh, I'm happy Frankie didn't mention that I kind of plan on seeing in theaters before our next show. It comes out on Friday, April 1st. It got pushed back. It's probably not going to be that great um, in terms of like what the critics say. But I'm actually looking forward to it because, you know, there's Spider-Man is involved. Uh, it's in a Marvel universe. It's not necessarily in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but uh, th- anything can happen nowadays, uh, and that's Morbius. I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Morbius. It comes out on Friday, so I- I'm going to try to make time to go see that and uh, and see where that goes, because I believe it's in the Venom universe. But uh, Tobey Maguire is in it, apparently, in a cameo. I don't know. So looking forward to that. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good, good to get down and nerdy on this show. Um, you guys want to play a game? Sure. We will play said game in period number three. Welcome to period three, where we're gonna play a game. We're gonna play a game. Let's play the game. We normally call it shot or no shot, but we're gonna call it. You know, we're gonna theme it hockey this week. We're going to call it Goal or No Goal. And the fun part about this week's edition of Goal or No Goal is I'm not just limiting limiting it to hockey. We're a hockey show. Well, that's the theme. It's called Bar Down, talking Hockey. Like, you get the whole shtick. But we like all sports, too. And I don't get to talk about all sports with you guys as much as I do some other people. 
So we're going to talk about all sports here. Oh, that's such a lie. You're the two I talk about all these sports with the most. I don't even know why that came out of my mouth. What a dumb thing for me to say. But we're talking all sports here on this game. So I'm just going to flip over to my little notes on this game here. And we're going to play. A couple weeks ago, about a month ago, the greatest football player of all time, Tom Brady, announced his retirement from the National Football League via Instagram after wild speculation through the media. Then about 18 days later, something like that, he announced he's unretiring. Pulled a Brett Favre. The only difference is he's coming back to the same team that had his rights. There was no need for a trade or anything like that. Tom Brady will return to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in his 22nd NFL season. Joseph, I'll start with you since it has to do with Tom Brady. Did Tom Brady, the GOAT, keep the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from a 2022 season of irrelevancy? Goal or no goal? Goal. Big time goal. Are you kidding? I, we both said the Bucs are going to be bad without Tom Brady. And, you know, but now they got they got him. They got stuff to work around. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, they're back to, you know, making a push to win the division. So, yeah, big goal for me. Right. Yeah, without Tom Brady, the Bucks would have been trash. They probably wouldn't even made the playoffs, and he's saving them from exactly that. Absolutely. Joe, do you agree with this comment in the chat that suggests that Walter Payton was a better football player than Tom Brady? Um, no, I don't. Sorry, Arthur. Joe or Frank? Um, probably not. Just because Tom Brady, the quarterback, runs the on offense, and I, if I he, think, and being so successful as Tom Brady was, and the quarterback that he is, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you're kind of talking about apples and oranges in a way. Uh, and, and being the greatest quarterback of all time makes you the and, greatest and, football player of all. No, I don't know about that, but um, what were you gonna say? Um, uh, no, I just think being. Um, being such a smart quarterback um, and, and the ability to win as much as Tom Brady has, has it should make him the greatest football player of all time. Yeah, I don't even think Walter Payton's second. I'm a Bears fan. I love sweetness. Um, he's the greatest Bear of all time. He's on the Chicago sports male Mount Rushmore. There's no doubt about Walter Payton's greatness. I just don't think a running back's influence is anywhere near the same as multiple other positions. I wouldn't put him second on the NFL's all-time greatest list. I think – he, I agree with Skyler. He's one of the most dynamic players of all time. Run, block, pass, catch. Shit, I'd trust him to throw me a touchdown pass if I needed. Um, he did not have a touchdown in the Super Bowl. They thought it'd be better for William Refrigerator Perry to run the ball on the one time they were on the one-yard line. I think Lawrence Taylor is the second greatest all-time football player. I would put Joe Montana third and Peyton Manning fourth. That's just my personal opinion. But Tom Brady's the GOAT for me, and he I agree. He will keep the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from irrelevancy. I think they have a great roster. And when I say irrelevant, I don't mean like nobody cares. Everybody cares about every NFL team. There's no bad market in the NFL. Even I wouldn't have cared about Tampa Bay. But you're, you're different. Me and Frankie would care. If Tampa Bay's good, regardless of who their quarterback is, and they're playing the Saints on Monday Night Football, me and Frankie are getting together, eating some chicken wings, watching it. There's no doubt. I'm not talking in terms of like what people care or not. They don't have a quarterback without Tom Brady. I don't even know who is going to play quarterback for them. That's why I think they were they, – they probably would have came in second or third because they have a pretty good roster. Their defense is good. 
but I don't think they would have been better than like the Saints. I mean, it's not the greatest division right now. The Panthers kind of trash, eh. but like the Fal- the Falcons, I guess. I mean, I don't know, but you know, we'll see what happens over there. But I think Tom Brady does keep the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of irrelevancy for the year of 2022. Back to hockey. We touched on this before. I told you I was going to talk about it more later. Jack Hughes is on an absolute tear so far this National Hockey League season. He's well over point per game. And I think I saw a stat of 20-year-olds to have like a 1.07 point per game in a season. It's McDavid times two, Crosby times two, Stamkos times two, Gretzky and Yager. Is Jack Hughes a superstar? Frank, I'll start with you. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's definitely... Or should I say goal? Um, he's definitely got the all the capabilities and on ice ability to become that superstar. He's certainly proving it right now. Um, I mean, he's so young in his career that it's it's hard to tell. But I would say, yeah, just be how much of an impact he's making and how great he's been for the Devils. I'd say, yeah, he's a superstar, absolutely. Joseph. I would say big goal, 100%. And, you know, no pun intended, but there's going to be a lot of goals uh, his way in the future, whether he's uh, passing the puck, shooting it, everything but tomorrow. Um, But, yeah, big goal for me. I think he's he's right up there, big superstar in the league, going to be a 100-plus point guy in his career multiple times. Absolutely. And I want to address Aldo's comment in the chat. I actually completely agree with what he said about Walter Payton. there was a time where running backs were more valuable than quarterbacks. It was evident in the eighties when the bears were on their run, Jim McMahon, one of the worst quarterbacks to ever win the super bowl. Maybe. I mean, not worse, but like he wasn't a superstar by any means. Nobody has him in their top 50 quarterbacks of all time. So, you know, I agree with that comment a lot. Um, So, you know, in a way, Frankie's right. It's apples to oranges. Uh, It's like yelling at a cloud. Um, I have in my life, I haven't seen a person impact a sport more than Tom Brady impacted football. So that's why I think he's the greatest of all time. Even though Michael Jordan's right there with him as well, I think those two are in the S-tier conversation. Um, My answer to the Jack Hughes question is yes. Not only do I think he's a top 20 NHL player, I think he has a chance to this time next year be considered amongst McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, um, you know, Ovechkin, Panarin, all those top guys amongst the best players in the NHL. I truly believe that. He has the skills. He can shoot. He can pass. And he's also a takeaway superstar. A uh, few players in the NHL have reminded me of Pavel Datsuk more than Jack Hughes in the last, you know, couple years. Patrick Kane a little bit, but the thievery isn't quite what Datsuk was. In terms of hands, sure. But Jack Hughes' thievery rivals Datsuk, and I'm excited to see him play for my favorite team for the next decade. Moving on, the Chicago Cubs are getting ready to make their season debut on Thursday of next week, one week from tomorrow. I believe that they are going to be a middle-of-the-pack team in the National League. Their pitching rotation is pretty good. I'm not too certain on how their bullpen is going to go, but they can also score some runs as long as certain players play well. One guy who's an interesting player on their roster right now is Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras, like Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez one year ago, did not sign an extension during the offseason, leaving him with just this year left on his contract. The Cubs are not really committed to rebuilding, but they're clearly committed to retooling. Is it time for them to trade Wilson Contreras? Joseph, I will start with you. If it is, I think uh, you wait till the deadline where you'll get more. Um, it's not Maybe not as much. I don't know, Vin, you, you would know more 
it's, it's not as much in baseball as it is in like hockey where you, people, teams will overpay. Would you say? No, but I think the Cubs did very well with Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying like, like in hockey, you see teams overpay a lot for yeah. guys just at the deadline sure. to, to have that. Sure. It, I think one guy impacts them. hockey a little more than one guy impacts baseball. And that's okay, hard. yeah. So I'm not sure necessarily like you'll get more if you wait till the deadline as much more as, as some other sports. But yeah, I definitely think uh, it, it's kind of like a, uh, if you're going to move them, I don't think there's any difference between doing it right now and doing it like later at the deadline. So it's kind of like a high risk or, or a low risk, high reward kind of thing in terms of like, you, why not wait to see how your team is doing? Like, What if this team just figures it out? What if they find it? What if they get rolling? What if the Chicago Cubs are in a playoff spot come the deadline and you hang on to him and, and you need that catcher? You know, he's one of the best catchers in the – might be the best catcher in the National League. There's a debate. But um, I, I think it's kind of you just see where you're at by then. So that's where I'm at on that. Frank? Yeah, I think it's all situational. But no matter what situation, I'm kind of leaning on that they wouldn't trade him at this year or whatever. I think they would sign him to an extension potentially. I think he's a big major part – um, going forward is what the future of the Chicago Cubs is going to hold. Um, and I think that's a big reason on why they didn't trade him last year um, with Bryant, Rizzo, Baez. Because um, there were there were talks about him going last year as well, and he they didn't. And I think the Cubs are going to, you know, have him into their future plans and kind of build a retool around him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. He only has this year left on his deal. I would move him at the deadline if he doesn't have an extension by then and they're well out of a playoff spot, you can't lose a catcher that can hit yeah. five to 30 home runs and bat the way he does for nothing. Yeah, no, that's, that. a, that's another thing. That's what yeah. I was going to say. There has to be communication between him and the organization on whether he's going to leave in free agency or sign that extension, because it, if he's not going to stay, yeah, get rid of him. But you're, I'll tell you right now, the Chicago Cubs are not going to find a better catcher for this rebuild than Wilson Contreras. Like it is so hard to find a catcher of his, you know, stature. So obviously extending him would be ideal for the, uh, for this rebuild. Cause I, I think he, he can be a part of it. I agree with you, Joe. I would extend him if it were my choice, but my prediction, just pure speculation prediction. I have no inside information on this whatsoever. If basically, if it's not about the socks, I have no inside information at all, but my prediction is he gets traded by this time next week. That's just my prediction. I think if he may, if I'm wrong and he makes it to this time next week, then I think he'll play the season and they'll try and work on an extension. And then if not, trade him by the deadline. But kind of like my, you know how you give a bold prediction every now and then? My bold prediction is that the Cubs trade Wilson Contreras by opening day. So I'm saying goal. Kind of wild, isn't it? That's kind of Very wild. Nice. It's a wild take. Yeah. It's a wild take. Yeah. We touched on the Vegas Golden Knights during the second period. They are fighting with the Dallas Stars for the last spot in the Western Conference playoffs. Just a couple points behind them are the Winnipeg Jets and Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I think beyond them, the San Jose Sharks, Anaheim Ducks, Chicago Blackhawks, Seattle Kraken, Arizona Coyotes, all toast. Um, So really it's down to Vancouver, Winnipeg, Vegas, Dallas for that one spot. But goal or no goal, it's actually down to just Dallas or Vegas, Frank. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think Vegas really has a shot, though. I think that this is going to be the first time in franchise history that they missed the postseason. Um, as much as it kills me to say it, I love the Vegas Golden Knights, and 
I'm going to agree with you. So I don't know if I have to say goal or no goal or whatever the thing. Yeah, basically, basically the question is, is it down to Vegas and Dallas? Even if you think it's Dallas or basically is it Winnipeg and Vancouver have no shot. Like, yeah, goal, goal for the reason I stated. I just, if, if I, yeah, goal. Joseph. I think I'm going to say, I don't know what to say because I, I think I disagree, but for a different reason. I think it's down to Edmonton if they want to if they want to make the playoffs. But they're already in a playoff spot. Like they're three points ahead of Vegas. I'm saying. Are you saying for Dallas's stake? No, Dallas's? I'm saying. I'm basically saying, do Winnipeg or Vancouver have a chance? Winnipeg or Vancouver, I, I would say. So if you think they have no chance, your answer is goal. Okay. Yeah, I would say goal. But if you're talking Vegas, I think Vegas still has a chance, but I don't think it'll be at the expense of Dallas or St. Louis. It's either Vegas or Edmonton in that last spot. You really think so? I really think so, yeah. Okay, so that that wasn't part of my question, but that's an interesting little tidbit there. Yeah, because if you look at the divisions, Vegas would jump Edmonton before they jump Dallas. In my opinion. Oh, in your opinion. I thought based you off like, of no based off of the, based off no based off the games remaining. Those sure. three extra games are crucial. That's that's six points right there. You know what I often look at though? And I'm curious what you guys think of this. It's a flawed statistic, there's no doubt about it. Because of teams like Pittsburgh winning ten to nothing or eleven to one, whatever. Eleven to two. It affects your goal differential for sure. But the only team named here that has a negative goal differential is Dallas. And it's a sign. It is a sign of a losing team to have a negative goal differential. And it's a sign of a winning team to have a really good goal differential. Vegas is plus 10. Edmonton's plus 17. LA is plus two. Dallas is minus two. Winnipeg is plus two. Then the rest of the teams in the West are all minus. So like part of me wonders, like, is it bad luck that they're there? Vegas and their wins are clearly better than Dallas and their wins. So I don't know. I'm still saying goal. I think to kind of further what you guys were saying, it's Edmonton, Dallas, and Vegas fighting for those last two spots. I think Winnipeg and Vancouver are dead. Yeah, it would need it would need um, Winnipeg to go on quite the run, and they need those central teams to like really go on a bad run. Absolutely. This weekend is the return of WrestleMania. It's one of the premier sporting events in the world. I would say it's the number one WWE event of the calendar year. So, Joe, I'll start with you on this one. Goal or no goal, you will care at all what happens this weekend in WrestleMania. Will I care what happened? Goal. Will I watch it? Probably it's going to be a, a under review. No goal. Sorry, this thing kicking motion. No goal. Um, but I mean, it's sad. I wish I was as into it as I was, you know, Frank, you and I, before COVID, we, we watched that shit religiously. Uh, and honestly it was fun. It was one of the most fun eras of watching wrestling that I've ever been a part of. Uh, something about watching it in our older years was way more fun because we were able to go to the events in Chicago at the Allstate arena. We, we saw some hall of fame people. I got videos on my phone. I was actually just talking with someone at work. I pulled up a video of Triple H coming out, like, yeah, it's the game. And I was saying, like, yeah, we saw Brock Lesnar come out one time. We saw The Undertaker come out. Like, we've seen some cool-ass shit in our day. So, um, 
it, it's cool. I just wish I, you know, kind of felt the same about it now. But yeah, I'll be interested to see the outcomes. I, I still follow everyone on Twitter. So I guess if that's what you're asking, if I'll be interested, goal. Frank? Yeah, this is a no-brainer for me. It's a goal. I mean, I don't watch Friday Night SmackDown or anymore or Monday Night Raw. Um, but WrestleMania is kind of like the season finale. And the day after WrestleMania, that Raw after WrestleMania, is kind of like the new season. And the season culminates at WrestleMania. And there are so many big things that go on during WrestleMania. We're going to see, you know, legends return. And, I, you know, I don't know all the matchups that are going on because I haven't been following it religiously like I used to. But especially because Taker's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame on Friday, I will definitely be watching him get inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's a no-brainer. Um, but, I mean, I always try to keep up if I'm not watching on, like, what big things happen. What I mean, there might be people there who aren't even wrestlers. Uh, I know, like, Johnny Knoxville is going to be there feuding with Sami Zayn and there's just big moments like that there could be a lot of entertainers um the one year Ronda Rousey wasn't a wrestler she jumped in the ring so I mean there's so many different crazy things that could happen at this season finale of Wrestlemania that I'll always want to know what goes on even if I'm not watching it religiously like I used to every week I still want to know what happens yeah. yeah, I'm trying to find a picture of the card, Frank. I know a couple matches. I know Stone Cold Steve Austin has a match with Kevin Owens. Stuff like that is just sick. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm going to want to know the outcome of that match. And if, I have a feeling it's going to be a quick match. I'll probably see it. That's the great thing about like today. Social media, I follow all these guys. I follow everything on Twitter. I see stuff on Twitter. I'm going to probably be able to watch the Stone Cold match. I'll be able to see him, you know, hit a Stone Cold stunner and drink some beers afterwards. Like, that's the shit I want to see. Like, and I'll be able to see that on Twitter that night. So. That'll be pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, I'm saying goal just because I'm our next topic, the last goal or no goal prompt that I have going up against that is tough for WrestleMania. Um, the fact that one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports is going to be taking place during night one of WrestleMania. That's tough for WrestleMania. You almost got to wonder like, what do they got to do to not be on the same weekend as this? And so I'm going to say goal that I'm following it, but instead I will be watching March Madness as, you know, Kansas is getting ready to play Miami and then it's going to be Duke versus North Carolina, which is, I strongly consider Duke, North Carolina as one of the great rivalries in all of sports, Boston Red Sox versus New York Yankees, Green Bay Packers versus Chicago Bears, Ohio State versus Michigan. North Carolina Duke in college basketball is of that ilk, in my opinion. And this is the first time that they are ever going to be playing against one another in the March Madness tournament. So, Joe, I'll start with you. Or no, Frank, I'll start with you on this one. Goal or no goal? March Madness this weekend. Yeah, what is it? Goal or no goal to him? Mike? Yeah, are, are you watching, watching it? Or are you watching <laughs> it? Yeah, are you watching it? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so invested. I look forward to March Madness each year. It's Coach K's year. I should have known that from the beginning. I mean, that's just it's it's his year. When it's your year, it's your year. Um, they went K. in kind of in, though, right? They went in flat as can be, flatter than a flat tire. I can't believe they made it this far. But then you think it he it's Coach K's last year, so it's like that Cinderella story. It's going to be on newspapers uh, Tuesday morning after Duke wins the national championship saying coach K wins national championship in final year of his 
illustrious career. I, it's just that's the way it's it's just it's gonna be. I don't know. Who, so. Who's Coach K? For, um, Mike Shusevsky. He's the coach, coach of the. He's the coach. He's the coach <laughs> of the. Mike Wazowski. Um. All I care about, I want to win my bracket. Um, I need Villanova. I, if Villanova makes it to the Final Four and then uh, one of the teams wins it that no one else picked, guess who wins, bud? Me. Um, so, yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Go, go Villanova. Joey's rooting for Villanova or North Carolina. Did I say Miami? No, I think you said I don't, know. I don't know. I think I said Miami by accident. My bad. If, if Coach K is not on Villanova, then I agree with Giovanna. Coach K is on Duke. <laughs> okay, go, go, uh, not Duke. Do you watch sports? Um, yeah. Is March Madness sports? Is it all sports? Yeah. March Madness is all sports. So if I don't watch March Madness, I don't watch sports. <laughs> You're a fucking I mean, clown. <laughs> I like North Carolina too. So do I. They're- they were one of my first teams I got uh, one of these hats for, North Carolina. I think it might have been the first team. Um, they're actually what won me my first ever March Madness bracket back in 2017. I love the color scheme. I love the logo. Michael um, Jordan. Roy Williams. You remember him? He coached, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Legendary coach. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's going to be a great game, and – no matter who wins, I mean, I, it's not like I hate any of these teams. There are no teams really in college that I hate. I don't like. It's not like other sports where you have. This, I hate like, Clemson. Outside see, of see, I don't though. Like, I, there's not there's not many teams that I really hate in college. So, I'm just looking for a good, entertaining experience. Um, and it's probably going to come down to Kansas and Duke, is my guess. Um, Frank, when I won it, I believe it was because Villanova won it all, and I picked them to win it all. There you go. The year that, the year that I won it. So, like, it's just it's just like a storybook finish for me. Like, Villanova is going to, you know, continue. I'm, I'm a big Wildcat guy, honestly. I don't know what I could say. I, I, I attend there. I'm, I'm an alumni of them. <laughs> I got one more that I came up with. Goal or no goal, whoever wins our bracket that we're in, the three of us, it'll be the worst bracket to ever win our family one slash friend one. It's got to be. There's I like, yeah, I just looked at like the top five people. Everyone. 50 points. Mm-hmm. I just looked at the top five uh, brackets. Everyone's or everyone who like has a chance to win, like they're in the, even like the top top ten. Uh, everyone only has one of the final four, like one green check mark in the final four left. So yeah, it's rough. Um, almost everyone. There are only one, two, three. There are only four people. Oh no, I'm looking at the wrong one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't have a chance to win. So don't no, neither, neither, neither do I. Uh, one, two, three, yeah. four, six. Only eight people have not reached their max yet, which is just crazy. Like more than half the league have their entire final four out. That's crazy. It's crazy. That's go, crazy. Go, go if you just pick all number, if you pick all the number ones, you'll have at least one. And what did I tell you going into this year? That this year, more than any other year, it's up for grabs. Anybody, any team has a chance to win it this year. It's not like last year when Gonzaga, Baylor, that was my final two. I figure like, oh, it's so predictable. This year, anybody is capable of winning it. And if North Carolina won the national championship, I wouldn't be shocked. When does Kansas play? Saturday. They both play Saturday, but they're the first game. 
Okay, I, I I might have to actually like, keep an eye on. I'm gonna tune into that Kansas. I, I I'm rooting hard against Kansas. I'm sorry, Frank. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> well, me and Frankie already made. We already started our plan of attack on how we're watching that game together. So hopefully JP can figure out a way to at least join us for the Duke North Carolina game. Duke North Carolina. When does Villanova play? The early five, part of that game. It's like, like five or five thirty. Five. We'll or watch. We'll watch them together for sure. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's what we do. That ends goal or no goal. Fun stuff. Guys, over the weekend, some funny shit happened. (laughs) It was one of the funniest days in the history of the internet, in my opinion. I mean, there there are some days days where, like, memes come out that, like, you just know they're not going to go away for a while. Like, I remember one of the biggest days in internet history was the first time that uh, Donald Trump announced that he had COVID. Like, the memes that day were hilarious. Like, there are just some days where the memes take over. And one of these days happened over the weekend. During the Oscars, it's the Oscars, right? The Academy Awards? Mm-hmm. At, they award Oscars at the Academy Awards, correct? The name of the award given at the Academy Awards is an Oscar. Yeah, right? the Academy is, like, what's in charge of everything. Okay, so. okay. So the Academy Awards awards Oscars to people who are good at acting. Okay. The host, Chris Rock, decided to make an alopecia joke about Jada Pinkett Smith. And her husband, Will Smith, laughed at the joke. And then she gave him a little tap on the shoulder. And he didn't appreciate it. And actually, we'll just watch it right here. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? That was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh. Richard. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth! I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Uh, when he said I could and then stopped, you know he was like thinking about cracking a joke about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith having like a open relationship, if you know what I mean which is just absolutely hilarious to me. But I got to ask you guys, are you on Chris Rock's side or are you on New Jersey Devils partial owner Will Smith's side? Joe, I'll start with you. I mean, (laughs) you can't just go up and smack the shit out of someone. (laughs) As much as I respect the move, you can't just do that. Um, Chris Rock, I could have taken that further. Um, he didn't though. Like, he, I mean, you can you can press charges on that. Like, you, you cannot just do that. Um, I mean, this it, isn't yeah, over. It's, There's like an investigation, I think, or something going on with that. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be over. There's nothing will happen of it. Chris Rock already said he's not filing anything. Like, he could press charges, I'm sure, but the, none of that's gonna happen. Uh, both both people apologized, I believe. Um, but on, uh, yeah, it's. 
as much as I want, I, I'm a Will Smith guy. I'll just go ahead and say I'm a Will Smith guy. I love Will Smith. I've always loved him. Been following him social him on social media for years. He's one of the one of the more entertaining Instagram accounts I follow. He's always posting stuff. Um, I grew up watching Fresh Prince. I, I'm a Will Smith guy. I like him as a human being. Uh, not not to say I'm not a Chris Rock guy, but I'm not really like I don't really care for Chris Rock too much. Like I'm not a huge Chris Rock fan. Uh, so I, as much as I want to be on Will Smith's side here. It is Chris Rock's job as a comedian to make jokes, and and yeah, and and Jada's open, very open about her alopecia. She, you know, it's just everything I've seen, videos that she's put out, you know, in the past about her being as open as she is about alopecia in her hair loss condition. Um, it, it was taken, the joke was taken way, way, way too personal, and Will Smith overreacted. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. Did it make for great entertainment for me? 110%. The fact that you had the Oscars, uh, one of the biggest days, so many people were watching and you were able to hear a pin drop. I would love to be, you know, just, I, I love the picture where it showed all of other celebrities' faces, like reacting to it. Like they got The Rock to do the people's elbow <laughs> or the people's elbow. Uh, uh, and you're smelling what The Rock was cooking. And that was a genuine reaction from Dwayne Johnson. Uh, so shit like that, like, and it was dead silent as Will Smith is screaming at the top of his lungs to Chris Rock. It, it just provided for phenomenal entertainment. But no, you can't just get up and smack the shit out of someone on stage after they make a joke. So, right. I think both were kind of in the wrong here. Um, first, Will Smith is like, you're at something so extremely mm-hmm. formal. Like, this is like, people take the Oscars and the Academy very seriously. And you're almost by going up there and smacking Chris Rock, you're kind of embarrassing the Academy. And I'm sure they, they don't want that on their TV. Um, but I mean, now to flip scripts, it's like Chris Rock's a comedian and comedians joke about that stuff. Right. Um, it's hard though, to like joke about somebody's medical condition. I know she's open about it, but like, it's kind of like when, people who are disabled make fun of themselves for being disabled. Right. But you're, if you make fun of somebody disabled, now you're kind of like a dick, even if you're a comedian or whatnot, you know, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. I I think both were in the wrong in this situation. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It was a distasteful joke, but Will Smith overreacted. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that's, that's where I am too. I think he overreacted. I'm not, saying I wouldn't do the same if I was Will Smith. I, I mean... Yeah, you, you, you like, you lose your cool, you lose your cool. Like, that's... I'm not, I'm not, it's over your wife, bro. I am not out on Will Smith. I will say it openly. I am still a Will Smith guy. I love Will same. Smith. Um, do I, I think he went about... Do I, do I think he went about the whole night a little wrong? Maybe. Should he have, you know, I mean... I mean, it's just a whole tough situ- situation, especially the fact that, you know... Later in the show, he goes up and he gives his acceptance speech. Um, he did win an Oscar. So, I, I don't know. He's partying hard after with his Oscar in the, in the room. Meanwhile, Chris Rock, I believe, after this moment, left the building. So, that's what I heard. I don't know. Just a, a tough situation, something all of us will never forget at the Oscar. Absolutely. I didn't. I had no fucking clue the Oscars were going on. None. No clue. Didn't give a shit. If you would have told me during the day that the Oscars were on, I would have been like, that exists still? People still watch that? But now, 
See, and that this is where I kind of disagree with Frankie. They might like cower, like, oh, that was so bad by Will Smith. I can't believe he hit Chris. That made so many people who don't give a flying fuck about the Oscars even slightly care about it. Mm-hmm. You know how they bad press is good press or any press is good press? The Oscars got plenty of press this week. It had to go. I guarantee you the ratings. Once it started to go viral on Twitter that this shit happened, I guarantee oh, you. Oh, people! Everyone turned the Oscars on. I didn't turn it on because I, I still didn't give a shit. I saw the smack on Twitter, but I want to comment on one thing here. You know those competitions where guys smack each other, like they take turns smacking each other, and the first to go down loses, and that's like a real mm-hmm. sport. Yeah. Does Will Smith do this? The form on this smack. I saw a picture of Will Smith from the back when the smack was completed and his hand was here. It looked like a professional. I mean, this guy, he knows how to smack the shit out of somebody. He probably learned like, part of me thinks he could compete in but this sport. I know you guys. Well executed smack. If you have to hit somebody, he did it to the best of his ability. And I'm shocked Chris Rock didn't go down. Credit to him for not going down. It's like kicking and screaming when Mike Ditka punches uh, Will Ferrell in the face and he says, I got punched in the face by Hall of Famer Mike Ditka, and I did not go down. Sure, I wobbled a bit, but I did not go down. That's the exact same thing Chris Rock should be saying. Will Smith needs to join one of these smacking competitions because his form is unreal. He might smack people better than Connor McDavid skates. So um, I saw. I know you guys are big fans of him. John Boy Media. He did a breakdown of the Boy. smack. John Boy. He did a breakdown of the smack. He like pauses. Yeah, it. I watched it. I didn't see this. <laughs> and and it and it made he made a great point. Like Will Smith had to have learned this from like a movie set. He was playing a character or something. Because yeah. he comes in, he's not showing. He's not showing, and then bam, it's there. And it was. I agree. Phenomenal slap by Will Smith, but an almost an even better reaction by Chris Rock to to a. Not even not go down. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. He was more shocked than anything. He, he, he was. He was about. To, he was embarrassed. He he said he, he said we're going to award a documentary when the, that's not what he was supposed to say. They were awarding an Oscar. Um, so he was a little discombobulated after that in terms of like, okay, he was shook. Like, what the fuck just happened? But he kept his arms behind his back. He didn't rub his face. He he was calm. He was cool and collected in terms of that. So it was a great reception of a great smack. Honestly, it was phenomenal. It was a good smack, and it was great entertainment. There's no doubt about it. So final thoughts on this stuff before we head on over to America's favorite podcast segment? Um, I, I like the Oscars. Oh, that's honest. right. That's right. I was supposed to comment on this. We did run a poll on YouTube. Do you think Will Smith was justified in slapping the shit out of Chris Rock at the Oscars? No was the 100% answer. Not a single person voted yes in favor of Will Smith. That tells you a lot about what the general public and the general opinion thinks of this stuff. Crazy, crazy talk. Yeah, you can't just go up on stage and hit someone when they say <laughs> something you don't like. As much as I kind of wish we were able to do stuff like that. You can. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> We live in the day and age of the internet where people can just say whatever the fuck they want about each other with no consequence whatsoever. Do you know some of the things people have said about me on the internet? Like wishing my family was dead and nasty things about me because like they disagree with my take about Yoan Mankata or something. Like it's just crazy how unconsequential some of these words that people are able to say are. Talk shit, get hit, bitch. Just kidding. Don't hit people. Please don't hit people. Even though, like Joey said, Sometimes you do wish that people weren't able to freely say whatever they want all the time, but that's yeah, the day of the internet. Yeah. 
And, you know, most of the time Twitter's a cesspool. Twitter was fun on Sunday night. I don't think I, I mean, Joe, I counted. There were nine straight Will Smith, Chris Rock memes exchanged between me and you without a single other bit of conversation mixed in the yeah. It was yeah. just not, and like it wasn't back to back either. It was like over a span of 12 hours. Yeah, when I saw like Star Wars versions of it, White Sox versions of it, uh, hockey versions of it. I think think there was an Avengers one that made me crack up. I think the best one I saw was like yesterday. Mm -hmm. It was Shark Tale, who is Will Smith, (laughs) smacking the zebra from Madagascar because that's Chris Rock. (laughs) actually really funny it it was like animated it wasn't like their heads on it it was the the full character doing it it's got almost 1 million likes on twitter it is over the internet it is it's crazy it was so hilarious whoever photoshopped it they deserve an oscar for their photoshop (laughs) because it was so well done you need to send that to me the best one that was sent to me was sent by a dear friend named megan she sent me one. It was Chris Rock was your eye. Like the word your eye was on it. And Will Smith's hand was a big pizza pie. And then Will Smith was the moon. So it's the moon hits your eye with a big pizza pie. Mm-hmm. Like it was just that cracked me up so hard. I was like, that makes fun of Italians and Will Smith. Like that. It's just it, the memes that like make fun of two things at the same time, always extra funny. So it provided us content with you know, these, these comments. And as Aldo points out, Twitter, tough guys are pussies. Not going to deny that. Aldo. I deal with them every single day, every single day. Someone calls me an asshole for like liking baseball. So it is what it is. And speaking of people disagreeing with other people and calling them assholes for it, we're going to send it to America's favorite um, segment of any podcast of the week, breaking bets. Where's my money, bitch? Welcome back to Breaking Bets, where <laughs> I guess what, what do we even call him? Like Walt, you look like Walter Pinkman. Walter Pinkman. I figured um, I just put the hat back. Listen, the hat's uh, it's up about. 30 something stairs so that's just yeah. i fucked up I, i'm a busy guy like remember wow wow you're building your grave after the devil smoked the burn somehow so we'll let you guys get to your bets in the breaking bets segment frank i'll let you go first since you actually wore the right outfit i love stealing jay's wore, picks wore the right outfit come on i, I don't shut up don't take my pick. There's one that's just screaming at me. And it's funny because I actually have two NHL picks today. Oh, he's taking my pick, pick dude. Yeah. It's a road team. He's going to take my pick on the road. Yep. And, I'll, and I'll start off with that road team first. <sighs> Are you really, I got nothing left after this, so I'm just going to kind of add to whatever you say here. Well, I have two hockey teams, and they're both road teams. So it's, one of them's got to be the it, one you're it's talking It's it. It's it. The New York Rangers are oh, going man. To- <laughs> minus one thirty seven. <laughs> are going to Detroit to play the Red Wings. And Rangers are one of the best teams right now in the East. And I cannot believe that they are only minus one forty. Joey just said minus one thirty seven, which is even better. You gotta take the Rangers in this spot. You just you, you have to absolutely take the Rangers in this spot. Um 
there's really nothing more to it besides the Rangers are the better team and you're getting them at minus 140. Um, the LA Kings go to Edmonton to play the Oilers. And the Oilers are a very, very high favorite. They're in the minus twos, I'm pretty sure. The LA Kings are plus 171. I would take a risk and just go with the LA Kings money line. Throw a little something on it. The LA Kings aren't playing bad right now. I don't think the Oilers – I think the Oilers are overfavored. I would throw a little juice on the, the plus 171. But if you want to, you know, play it a little safe, you're not too sure – even the plus one and a half at minus 145 has good value. Um, usually plus one and a half in hockey is, you know, could be outrageous. Could be all the way up to upwards of like 280, 240. Mm-hmm. But plus one and a half at minus 145 in a, a, an LA Kings team who's playing pretty well lately. I, I got it. I would have to go with that. And if you want, take some risk on the, the money line. Um, brings me to my final pick. It's an NBA game. The Dallas Mavericks going to play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tonight, um, both teams are fairly even here. Um, they both right around the same record. I would say they both have around the same skill set. The Cavs have the extra day off of rest, so that always plays a factor into things. Um, and the Cavs are at home, and they're getting two points. I would take the Cavs at plus two at minus 110. Um, it's the safest thing to do. If you want to take the money line at plus 110, you could do that as well. Um, I, also, I think the Cavs are a lock to win tonight. So those are my picks. Joseph? Um, yeah, I mean, Frank, if there was two NHL games that I was looking at, and you said both of them. So I, I wasn't necessarily going to mention the Kings one. I was, I, was, um, I was looking at it when I was looking at these games. I liked the Kings on the road against Edmonton because the Kings, are, like I said earlier in the show, I think it was like the second period. They're one of those teams that just haven't cooled off. Edmonton is, yeah, they're Edmonton, but, I mean, the Kings could easily go in there and beat them, and it's great value on them. But that Rangers game, man, minus 137. I'm seeing it there. That's what it is on the Barstool Sportsbook. I'm sure it's going to go up. You know, you know, whatever you taught me about sharp money is true. The sharp money does does turn. So as we get closer to game time, I'm sure it will go up on on here. But if you uh, – I don't know if you can do same game parlays on, on your thing, but uh, if you parlay it with an adjusted over of over five and a half Rangers money line, now you're looking at plus 155, and that's value – the Red Wings, uh, they gave up 11 goals to Pittsburgh. I'm not saying they're going to give up 11 goals, but they will give up goals. The The Red Wings and the Rangers can score goals. So I kind of like that. Um, the only risk with that is uh, the Rangers, you know, really shut down the Red Wings, uh, which they are capable of doing. But, you know, I like that. And then just a quick nod to tomorrow. It's not worth it to take the Bs minus 250. I'm sure they might even go up to like 200 and minus 300 by the time the game starts. But um, it seems like Brad Martian always scores a goal against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Vinny can say what he wants about that, but go ahead and bet Brad Martian. It'll probably be – I've been looking at that every single game, and he's been hovering around plus 110 to 130 for Brad Martian to score in the game. Love that tomorrow against the New Jersey Devils. Brad Martian will have a goal. Hit it yesterday. Toronto uh, – David Pasternak having a goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs cashed in on that one, so – Brad Marchand always scores a goal against the New Jersey Devils. Is that what you just said? Brad Marchand, he seems to have their number, yes. And and you believe that? From from my personal experience, yes. Okay, well, we're going to fact check that right now. I'm not letting you get away with that. You better, he better have a fair amount of goals in his career against the New Jersey Devils. That's all I have to say to you. You better pray that I don't find some information that you don't want me to find right here. You keep talking. Talk about. The uh, are you look? 
Well, I'm I'm gonna look in the uh, in the first game. Bruins won five to two. Brad Marchand scored his seventh and eighth goal of the season. That was uh, on what day was that? On um, November thirteenth, and then he did not have a goal in the other five to to five goal game that the Bruins had. So he has two goals on the year in two games against them. And I believe okay. I remember last year. Yeah, I remember he had an OT winner last year, something like that. In his career, he's played against the New Jersey Devils 41 times. He has 13 goals and 20 assists for 33 points. That is wildly below almost every single NHL team in the Eastern Conference. Who do you think he has the most points against in his career? Brad Marchand, the most points against? I have a guess. Um, I would say Toronto. I'd say the Canadians. Yeah, you are both, Montreal. You are both Detroit. Uh, no. Detroit, nope. The Senators, nope. Is it in their division? Yes. Buffalo, Buffalo, and it's not really close. Buffalo, yeah. fifty-six or fifty-four points in his career. I would love, is there a way to filter that in the past like two years? Uh, no, because his, I mean. He hasn't, let's be real, he hasn't always been the prolific goal scorer he is. No, he's under points per game against almost every team in the league. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me one bit. No, me either. It took him a while to become what he is today, but I do believe he's done enough to become a Hall of Famer. But your outlandish take against about his play against the New Jersey Devils, it actually looks like the Devils are the team in the Metropolitan Division that he has the least amount of points against. I cannot find another Metro team where he has less points against them. I, I, there's got to be a way to filter. Oh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, but they don't. They were only in the Metro for half of his career. They were in the Western Conference for the first half of his career. Oh, the Carolina Hurricanes have done a good job containing Brad Marchand. Is there a way to filter? Like, oh yeah, game opponent. All opponents. HockeyReference.com is is an outstanding website. I have one pick for everybody. It is to pick the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night against the Boston Bruins. They're heavy underdogs. The Bruins are having a little ceremony for Tuka Rask. He's dropping the pucks. The Bruins are going to be crying. Tuka, we love you. Tuka Rask is good. Thank you for helping us get to the cup. You are a Vesna Trophy winner. All all well-deserved. Tuka Rask, in my opinion, is one of the ten best goalies who ever lived. And... Look at this. Look at this. You said he's got 13 goals against the Devils in his career. Since the 2018-19 season, in 15 games played, he has 19 points for 7 goals and 12 assists. He's been good against the Devils while they're bad. Take him just to get a point. He's been good against the Devils since he became a fucking Hall of Fame caliber player. So is that Brad Mark in since 2019, he's got seven goals. So my take of him of me saying he scores against the Devils, guess what, bud? That's fucking true. Not tomorrow. <laughs> Not tomorrow. Brad Marsh and two score goal. It's gonna be like plus one ten, plus one twenty. That's free money. Another free free dinner. Frank, I'm just telling you, man. There's no convincing him, but you're gonna be sorry tomorrow. You're we gonna, shall see. You're going to be sorry tomorrow. So is J-Dog. 
And of course, that concludes our Breaking Bet segment. I appreciate each and every one of you for obviously participating. It was a great show. And then, of course, thank you to all the people in the chat. Uh, this was one of my more fun shows I've ever had. Like, I just enjoyed this conversation, you know, screaming at Joey Devil's Bruins. There's nothing better. Because no matter what Joey's stupid face decides to say at any point throughout any year, he likes rooting on the Devils, I think. He likes seeing his big brother as happy as possible. One of the things in the world that make me the most happy is the New Jersey Devils playing well. It hasn't happened as much in my adult life as it did in my kid life. But, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. I appreciate the Boston Bruins. I root for them as hard as I root for any of my favorite teams when they're not playing the Devils. Um, I hope out of all the teams that have a realistic chance to win the cup, I hope the Bruins are that team. I'm very much looking forward to that game tomorrow. Um, I'm going to tweet mean things to Joey and I want everybody to know nothing's personal. So don't actually be mean to him back, but you know, I am going to be a Twitter tough guy pussy tomorrow. There's no, I might dedicate my entire Twitter day to Joey. Um, you like how I, you like how I threw that up there? Just yeah, to it, was, reiterate. it was a really well-timed comment placement. There's no doubt about it. So, Frank, I know we kind of had our battles when the Hawks were playing the Devils, and you guys had yours two weeks ago when the Bruins were playing the Hawks. But now it's me and Joey's time to scream at each other. And it's going for the game. season sweep. Bust out the brooms. There's no brooms. There's no brooms coming. This is a different Devils team. They're going to torment you for the next 10 years. You will hate them in short order, and I can't Dude says this is, this, this is a different Devils team, he says. Does he not realize the Bruins have probably been the hottest team since, like, February started? Probably. They have been. They yeah. have been, yeah. Yeah. And I'm 0% scared. They've lost four games in the past, like, in their eight, past 18. I believe they're 14-2-2 two and two in their past 18 games. Frank, last chance to flip. I can't flip here, VP. Fourteen two and two. Can you? You can't get much better than that. They they shouldn't even be tied. They played yesterday with identical records. And so the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you would have looked at the beginning of uh, like February or in January, like no, and you would have told me that they'd be at one point second place in the division. Yeah, they they fell after yesterday and after Tampa won right now, technically. Technically, they're cold, but they, the, the, I saw them with my own two eyes at second place in the division, right under Florida. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate everybody for watching this show. That concludes our show. It was a great time. Um, very thankful for you guys. I'm looking forward to next week's show already because regardless of what happens tomorrow, next week's show is going to have somebody going, ha, 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 it's, it's going to be good stuff. So I encourage everybody to tune in. As the NHL season winds down, I think things are going to get a lot more fun. Talking about the postseason is really going to be when the the heat starts to be brought to this show because Frankie's going to think this team's going to win this series, and I'm going to think this team's going to win this series. We're probably both going to go 50-50 and act like we're the smartest person in the world when we get one right. Yeah, but you got the other three wrong, you know, kind of like we did with football. So it was, you know, it's going to be really fun. I'm very much looking forward to the postseason. Across the Barroom Network, you could see all sorts of great shows. I know we got pretty down and nerdy in the third period there talking about Moon Knight. I highly recommend that people tune into Science Fiction. Um, Carl and Salim, they do a great job breaking over this, you know, nerd culture that we enjoy so much. And, you know, I'm, there's some good stuff coming out. Of course, Bulls Gold coming out. Uh, we're seeing so much red on this network. They've been weak lately. I mean, they stink. They're yeah, we'll talk about the Bulls again at some point. But, you know, they're going to make the postseason. It was a step in the right direction. 
Um, hopefully, m- maybe things get back to the way things were when they're fully healthy once again. I think I think that's possible too. So you know, I'm excited about that. Uh, we had our season debut of South Braves Hitmen on Monday, and we talked about the Chicago White Sox and what we think of them going into the season. And probably my favorite thing that about baseball season is doing that show and Crosstown Crosstalk on Thursdays, which comes out tomorrow at 2 p.m. I'm going to be live with David Wills, who's the color commentator of the Tampa Bay Rays on the radio. So it's going to be interesting hearing about the Tampa Bay Rays, who are one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. And he's also a Chicago native, grew up a White Sox fan. So we'll pick up some Chicago White Sox and Chicago Cubs analysis from him. And of course, on Tuesday, I interviewed NBC Sports Chicago's superstar, Chuck Garfine. Our Chuck joined me and we had a really nice conversation about the upcoming 2022 Chicago White Sox season, about a half hour worth of questions that I asked him. And it was one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. You know, I really enjoy Chuck with Ozzy Guillen and Frank Thomas and the pre and post game shows. So I highly encourage everybody to tune into that. And guys, do you have anything left to say before we head on out of here? I don't. Nope. Have a good weekend. Uh, hopefully uh, this is like one of the last cold, cold fronts we have in terms of weather. This weather sucks. But, Absolutely. Uh, it's actually the temperature summer. is nice outside, but it's raining. Yeah, exactly. But I'm so, saying like, I mean, I, I don't know what I'd rather like this rainy weather because I hate fucking getting wet or the cold. I just I want summer. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Ready for summer. Yeah, I'm ready for summer too. And I'll also throw out there before we go, go Duke and go Kansas. I want to see those Villanova. I want to see those two duke it out in the championship game, no pun intended. Frankie and I will be watching it together. I hope JP joins us. We're going to try and get a little crew together to watch that game. So tweet at us. Let us know what you think. And as always, stay watching hockey. There's This is a great sport, guys. I mean, everything, everything great about the league right now is going. And Stanley Cup playoffs just about a month away. And with that, we say goodbye. And as always, thank you for listening. I love you. G.I. Jane 2. Can't wait to see it. (laughs) 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 Oh! (laughs) That was a nice one. Okay. Keep my wife's name out your mouth! Oh! He slapped it! And the Oscar goes to... Will Smith! Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he's at your highest moment. Be careful, that's when the devil comes for you. Thank you, uh, uh, Hope Yang Academy invites me back. (laughs) 